coach, broadcaster, and video game impresario, John Madden. I get every game from every angle uh, every week. Why do you want to do that? Just because uh, just you're crazy? <laughs> None other than Deion Sanders Prime. I have three to four suits with me, and I'm having a problem to choose between the cream, which is a cusser. What I mean by cusser, Rich, when you see me, you're going to use profanity. That's how clean this suit is. <laughs> My official movie reviewer, Jim Moore. She's a fox. If there's a fox in the movies right now, Myla Kunis is it. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Bud Light. It is the beginning of Thursday Night Football right here on NFL Network. We have reached week 10 of the NFL season, nine weeks in the books. And over the next seven weeks, NFL Network will be the home of the first game of your football week. Thursday Night Football launches for a sixth season with the Raiders at the San Diego Chargers. We will be there in San Diego, and we will be there for you in person in San Diego. If you're at the game, come and say hello to me and Dion and Marshall and Mooch and Michael Irvin joins the road crew this year as well. Um, And we'll talk about not that game because clearly uh, many of you will be listening and downloading this podcast after that game goes down. But we'll talk about Thursday Night Football with the producer, the senior producer, on-site producer of Thursday Night Football, Bardius Shoreas, who's been on this podcast before way back in the day, way back in a couple September and Octobers ago. He'll be joining us to give you an inside glimpse as to what goes on behind the scenes and what you can expect to see on TV. Uh, that'll be a, a fun segment later on in the show. But for folks that are, are more conventionally, more widely known by you, the podcast listener and downloader and NFL fan, Drew Brees will be joining us on Saints Cam on this show. Fresh off a big win in division at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, getting set for a big game in division on the road at Atlanta for week number 10. Winner finishes that game atop the NFC South. It's that simple. The stakes are clear. We'll talk about that with Drew Brees, also about uh, having his coach uh, in the uh, press box up top because Sean Payton got plowed up in that first game in week six against the the Buccaneers. We'll ask about all that with Drew Brees later on in the show. Also on this program, we'll talk some defense with Jim Mora, the coach here on our staff, also of Fox Sports. Also with Willie McGinnis, he'll join us in that conversation as well. Who, Who better to ask about what's up with that Patriots defense that has been exploited in back-to-back weeks by not only Pittsburgh, but also the New York Giants. And now the Patriots are heading to New Jersey to take on the Jets to finish up that season series. Tied with the Jets now at 5-3. and three. Same with the Bills. That's a big game. Who better to ask what that's all about than Willie McGinnis? In the art of full disclosure, uh, we taped Willie prior to Albert Hainsworth being cut. Oh, so. that's Chris Law. Producer of the podcast, the audio producer of the podcast. If he's sounding a little down, he's a Penn Stater. Been a rough, not only a Penn Stater, I'm from State College, so been a rough couple of uh, yeah, I know. days. My uh, my condolences to you and everyone you know there. That's a that's a rough one. Obviously, it, yeah, that's an understatement. But um, just got to believe in the judicial system, and uh, if if what 
came out yeah. and that AG report's true, then everyone deserves what's coming to them and more. So be a long few weeks, but uh, no let's doubt. let it ride out. Months and maybe years, too, I hate to tell you. But um, at any rate, yes, Hainsworth got released. Actually, during the conversation with Dennis Miller. Yes. Who's appearing on this podcast later on. I think I broke that news to him. I think I was the Paul Revere in that sense <laughs> with him. Dennis Miller rejoins the podcast as well. Um, fresh off that big slobber knocker by the Confluence on Sunday night in Week 9. What a great game between the Ravens and the Steelers. Toy it, Smith redeeming himself. Oh, gosh. That sort of hold-non-hold call in the first set of downs of that game. Call back the Ray Rice touchdown. NBC circled him on that one, man. Yeah. And then, then he dropped the pass two plays before actually catching it. And Joe Flacco, Pelosi eyes, as Dennis Miller called him the last time he was on this <laughs> podcast. What a performance. Awesome. Joe Cool, 92 yards. In Heinz Field, changed the entire narrative of the AFC North, the AFC as a whole, maybe, and maybe his whole career. I don't think you can understate it. People are saying that that win was way more impressive, obviously, than the week one win. Oh, no doubt. Out. Well, I mean, you're on the road. It's you're, you're under fire. You've never won in that building with Roethlisberger up and going against you, too. I mean, he won there last year, but that was a week four game in the middle of the afternoon. I believe Charlie Batch was the one that he was going toe-to-toe with. Not week nine on NBC. Alan Chris in the booth, the whole country watching. First place on the line. They've now got a series sweep of the Steelers who go from number one in the conference to number three in their division with just that one loss. The Buffalo Bills went from number two in the conference to number three in their division with just that one loss to the Jets. How quickly things can change. And your one seed through nine weeks of AFC football are the Cincinnati freaking Bengals who have the Steelers this week. So a lot of people want to want to see from the Bengals a win against the Ravens and Steelers before they start believing in them. They got a game against the Browns still to go. The Bengals still have to play the Arizona Cardinals and the St. Louis Rams as well. I'll tell you, man, they can have 11-12 wins. If they split with Baltimore and Pittsburgh, even if you give them one win, I'll tell you what, don't sleep on those Bengals. Chris Brockman's on Thursday Night Football, the TV producer of this podcast. So, Michael Hayden. It's nice to join you, Rich. Chime in, bro. Now, you you worked with NF for NFL Network for how long? Four or five years. Five years. Five years. Then you, you tapped out? I tapped out in July to go freelance. Okay. Now I'm happy to be back. And you're you're with us. Yeah. I traded up. I traded you think up. so? Yeah, to be with you're you. You're not just saying that. Oh, no. You are true. just saying that. <laughs> Who's your team? Are you a Lion? The Bengals, actually. You are? From Cincinnati. So why do you root for Michigan? Uh, because my grandfather's roommate in college and his best friend throughout most of his adult life was Bo Schembechler. Bo Schembechler. Yep. Yep. I How spent cool is that? most of my childhood with him. It was uh, really when when I was I young, even... I didn't realize it. You know, you, you didn't just, know he was just well, he was just happy. He was just the the irascible. Yeah, yeah. He was just guy a, named Bo that he, was in your house and around. He was the guy in Boca Grande, Florida, playing cards with my grandpa. Boca Grande, Florida. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like Del Boca Vista. It, well, it is. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it's exactly what... By the way, Del Boca Vistas exist all throughout Florida. Yes. 
There may even be a place called Del Boca Vista. Probably but but Boca Grand, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, south of Sarasota on the west side. It was uh, it was unique. It was a unique experience. So, of course, you're, you're Wolverine. Yes. But you're from Ohio. From Much Ohio. like Bo. Yes. Desmond. Yes. Charles Woodson. Charles, yes. Elvis Gerback, yes. which is a four-letter word to any of the Ravens that have ever worked here. <laughs> Never brought that up with Bill. Like, maybe I should do that one day. It'd be interesting. I don't know. He listens to this podcast. He's the man. Um, so, yeah. Do you believe in your Bengals? I do. I do. I believe in Andy Dalton. You know, which is... I don't blame you. I, anything could be better than the inconsistency that we've seen for the past five years. Amazing. Wow. So, do you think they beat the Steelers this weekend? It depends on which Steelers team shows up, but I do. Everybody was worried about their defense. How about the Steelers, the Steelers team that showed up on Sunday night that darn near pulled it off? I think, I think we do. I think we alter the way teams play. I do. With consistent downplay, first downs, long drives. I don't think Law believes it. I'm trying. I'm, I'm reading his face right now. You don't believe it. I'm right? just wondering if you hands down right now give the rookie of the year to Cam Newton, who's been spectacular. You can't do that. But he's two and six. Hey, hey, man! The rookie Dalton? of the month of October on the uh, was was Dalton. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's throwing to a Cam is Cam Cam is lighting it up, and he has taken a a moribund two win team from last year. Uh, to an any given Sunday scenario where they can mm-hmm. win, absolutely can win. I said that, remember a couple weeks ago? I said I'm not willing to count the Carolina Panthers out because of that. Yep. They came so close to beating Minnesota, too. If they'd done that, yeah. they'd have had three wins, right? They, they've been in every game. I mean, Right. So, hmm. I came close to being Nostradamus on that. But on, on, on uh, Sunday, uh, NFL game day morning, gave everybody a chance to re- uh, organized their Super Bowl picks from that. regular mm-hmm. season. I mean, from before the regular season, from the preseason, we all picked who's going to be doing what. And we had an opportunity to keep it the same, change one or two, or just the result. Uh, most of the guys stayed pat. I think everyone did a few switches. Everybody, no, no, win. everybody stayed, everybody stayed pat. Mooch didn't change it. Mooch had, I think he had uh, Patriots and Packers. Packers. Mm-hmm. Didn't change it. Packers over Patriots was his choice. Didn't change it. Uh, Marshall had Saints over the Jets, didn't change it. Kurt had the Steelers over the Packers. He kept the teams, but he switched the result. Wow. Uh, Sapp had his was the least convincing. It was he had Chargers over the Falcons. Yeah, kept it, but he did not want to. You could tell. Yeah, he, he didn't want to, but he kept it. Uh, and Irvin had Packers over Chargers, kept it. Now it was me. I had the same one, Packers over Chargers. Got off the Chargers. Which, by the way, very bold decision when one is going to physically be in San, San Diego, Diego. Yeah. in mere days. Right? But I have to do what I have to do. Got on the Ravens. It's Packers over Ravens. Marshall looked at me. He goes, are you kidding me? And I'm like, I'm, I'm hooking my, my wagon to Flacco. Go for it. I'm like, maybe more the defense than Flacco, but that's what I'm doing. By, by nightfall, who's a genius? Did who's you, a genius? Just for the week, obviously, things change. Did you things talk change. to your boy uh, Josh Charles after that big win? Oh, I texted him. Oh, I texted him. I can't repeat the things he texted <laughs> back to me. Not, 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 not safe for work? No, they're not. And, and he started tweeting stuff, and I tweeted back to him. He started tweeting stuff, so I texted back to him. He texted me what he's tweeting. 
because I hadn't seen it yet. I saw some of them. I saw a picture. They of were, a, oh gosh, she a, was going out with you call them mullet, mullet heads or something like that in Pittsburgh or whatever. So I, I, I texted him back. I'm like, be careful. They watched The Good Wife in Pittsburgh too. <laughs> yeah, he's happy. So I, yeah, I hopped off it. I went, I went Packers over Ravens, but as a heck of a game. We'll talk about that with Dennis Miller as well. So let's get things started here on the Rich Eisen podcast with one of the best of the best. Thrilled to have on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Bud Light, one of the best in the game, fresh off a win at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is Drew Brees joining us on Saints Cam. How are you, Drew? I'm doing well, Rich. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Better for having you on this program. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Saints season? I'm going to go macro with you to start <laughs> off. What's your What are your thoughts on the Saints season up to this point right now, Drew? Well, we're, we're sitting here at 6-3. and three. Uh, We've got a road game coming up against another divisional opponent in the Atlanta Falcons. This will be a huge test for us. And then we go into a bye week where I think we'll be able to take a deep breath and, and uh, recover and recharge our battery and get ready for you know, that late stretch. But as I look back on it now, obviously there's been you know, some good and bad. Um, I, I think that obviously there were some games that we feel like, man, we're one or two plays away. I think for us it's about playing to our level on a consistent basis. And uh, I don't think we've done that uh, up to this point. So that's what we're striving for. Yeah, I mean, that's what I guess has been the the discussion about the Saints nationally for the last three weeks is the inconsistency where you drop a 60-burger on one winless team and then the next team you're the first victim for a winless team. Uh, Can you put your finger as to why something like that was going down for your team, Drew? Well, I'll say this. First of all, in the Indianapolis game, everything that could have gone right went right. And then the next week against St. Louis, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And at times, that's the way it is in this league. Um, you know, each and every week is a battle. And you go out there with a mindset, with a game plan, and you try to execute it as best you can. And there's times where you play very, very well and, and other times where you struggle, but you still have to find a way to win. And un- unfortunately, you know, we went to St. Louis after that big win on Sunday night against Indianapolis and just, you know, weren't able to, you know, put it together. Um, I think that St. Louis is a much better team than their record. And uh, I knew that going into that game. I think we just kind of caught them in the perfect storm. Uh, But uh, they played better than we did. And and I think that was a wake-up call for us, just understanding that each and every week, hey, it's, it's a battle. And we were coming then back home against Tampa Bay, who had beat us a few weeks before at their place. So we certainly had something to prove. We got a big win last night against them. And now it's all about finding a way to beat Atlanta so we can go into the bye week 7-3. and three. Yeah, what, what, is, uh, what is the challenge for you, you think, against Atlanta as you get set for a the, the, uh, game uh, that the winner w- leaves uh, on top of the NFC South, Drew? Yeah, uh, you know, they're a team that obviously I think our entire division is extremely tough, but especially with Atlanta here over the last few years, it's really been, you know, back and forth. They were our division winner last year. They beat us at our place. We beat them at their place late in the season um, to secure a playoff bid for us. So I think we know the, you know, the level of, um, I guess, physicality that that game brings and certainly the, you know, the ramifications for you know, how, how you're going to fare in your division and, and in the playoff picture according to you know, how we play against those guys. But listen, they're a good team. Um, they've played well, especially lately. And it's going to be a battle. Well, you mentioned how the bye week you're going to you're going to heal up. That uh, very rarely, however, does a, a a coach need a bye week to heal up as well, Drew. Uh, you've had a very interesting scenario with 
uh, Sean Payton over the last few weeks, and and it's been you know uh, noted on many occasions over the past several years how you guys essentially share a brain out there on the field. Uh, has that at all played into uh, any any of the inconsistencies that we see on offense in your estimation, Drew? Um, you know, it's been an adjustment a little bit. Uh, the, probably the biggest adjustment was, <laughs> you know, you prepare for a lot of things throughout the course of a game. You prepare for, hey, an, an offensive lineman gets hurt or one of your offensive guys goes down, you know, weapons, skill players, and you got to adjust on the run. But, but rarely do you ever think that your head coach is just all of a sudden going to be injured yeah. and, and, and unavailable throughout the course of a game especially on the third play of the game, which was the case against Tampa at Tampa a few weeks back. I felt like, uh, you know, we adjusted on the run. We did the best job that we could. Pete Carmichael, our offensive coordinator, took over the play calling. Our offensive uh, O-line coach, Aaron Cromer, you know, was helping with the run game. And so I felt like we, we did the best we could that game to kind of pull it all together. We come out the next week and have that huge win against Indianapolis. Um, with Pete Carmichael basically calling all the plays. And it's been that way ever since with Sean, you having a lot of input from the box uh, and that kind of thing. But, yeah, it's been an adjustment just because typically, you know, for my five years here thus far, I'm used to looking over at the sidelines, seeing Sean Payton's face, reading his body language. And, you know, there's things that we've talked about throughout the entire week that are just, you know, the communication. And so with him up in the box, it's now Pete Carmichael's voice which I've got a great relation with Pete. I think he's done a phenomenal job. A lot of things he's feeding me is from Sean. But, um, you know, it's been an adjustment. Right. Uh, you mentioned about how long you've been uh, with New Orleans. Uh, the minute you stepped on the field with the Florida Lee on the side of your helmet this year, Drew, you were officially longer tenured a Saint than you ever were a Charger, which is sort of strange in many ways. And I know you're a very positive guy. I've hung with you off the field as well as uh, having conversations like the one we're having right now. Have you allowed yourself, even for a minute, to look uh, at what you've done as a saint? With a ring on your finger, you're the first quarterback this year to throw for 3,000 yards ever in the history of the game through the first nine games of a season. Have you ever allowed yourself a moment to say, you know what, looking at what's happened in San Diego since you've left and what you've been able to do, sit back and say, uh, I'm better for it. Have you been able to do that? Well, I absolutely have an attitude of gratitude, you know, for the situation that I was put in here, the opportunity that I was given here. Um, I try not to reflect on the numbers and the accomplishments and that kind of thing because I think that's what you do when maybe you're done playing because I feel like there's still so much to accomplish. Um, but I am very grateful, and I don't take it for granted any day. Um, I'm, I'm always thinking about the next challenge, the next opportunity, and certainly making sure I, I let the people around me know how much, you know, how appreciative I am. In a lot of cases, I, every time I step on the field, you know, I'm playing for our ownership. I'm playing for our GM. I'm playing for our head coach. I'm playing for all those people who believed in me and gave me the opportunity here. Yeah, and, and interesting how you've received an, an, a burst uh, of help this year from another former Charger in Darren Sproles. Uh, Dion on game day highlights on Sunday night said he was the most important free agent signing anywhere in the National Football League this year. What do you have to say on that subject? Well, I know what he's meant for our team. He's been tremendous. Um, he's such a versatile player. He can obviously do so many things, you know, just as, as a running back. You know, he, he's a great pass protector. He's great, you know, catching balls out of the backfield or just splitting them out, throwing them around. He's a matchup nightmare for, for everyone. Um, 
so he just he just adds another element to our offense. And I think the, the best thing though is he's he's a sm- such a smart, tough football player that can really do anything. I mean, that's the best way to describe him. He is a football player in every sense of the word. You ask him to do anything, he'll do it. And uh, I mean, I'm just glad he's on my team. <laughs> yeah. Before I let you go, Drew, what's going on with your foundation? DrewBreeze.com is a place for people to go find out what's going on with you off the field. I'd love to to catch up with you on that front right now. What do you got? Sure. Um, we've got all kinds of projects going on in town. Uh, we've partnered up with another organization called the Idea Village, which helps to uh, kind of foster and nurture uh, entrepreneurs here in New Orleans. It gives them all the resources they need to come in to establish businesses, to create jobs, and to build you know this economy, and uh, and you know a lot of things here in New Orleans. So we're we're happy to have a partnership with them in which we have an entrepreneurship program where we we've incorporated five high school local high schools uh, in New Orleans to have a competition where we give them a project, an entrepreneurial uh, venture that they have to go out and raise money for uh, a cause within their school. And the winner of that competition gets a $10,000 grant from our foundation. We also have a, a $1 million project with the uh, Patrick F. Taylor Hope Lodge, which is a facility that uh, houses cancer patients and, and families of, of patients that are going through the tough ordeal of cancer that are coming from out of town. So we're working on a million dollar renovation with them. We've got so many things going on. And like you said, DrewBreeze.com is our foundation website to find out more information about that. I try to keep fans uh, uh, involved and, and up to speed on Twitter as well. But uh, a lot of exciting things. Is that your son in the VIX commercial? Did I notice Bale yeah, in there? Is that is, you? Is that is. you curling up with him in the VIX commercial? You know I see. Yeah, that was a that was a really neat thing for me. Um, obviously, I've had the chance to you know do a lot of that lately. But uh, anytime I have a chance to do something with you know my family, my son, um, that just makes it extra special. And that was the first time in VIX's 100-year history that they've had a father being featured as, I guess, the primary caregiver in a commercial like that. <laughs> and so, so, you know, I mean... I love it. I, no I, kidding. I, you know, I like, I like to think that I'm, I'm representing all dads. Yes, you, you know, are. And saying that, hey, you know, we, we, uh, we do our part. You know, we do the best we can. And, right. Um, while, while, albeit, you know, they, my two boys are mama's boys all yeah. the way. You know, I was whenever, about to say, is Britney whenever, fine with that? Is Britney cool I, with that, Drew? I she, mean... No, she is, she is totally... As long as, you know, when something happens around the house, you know, they fall down, they skin their knee, whatever, they're calling for mama. Yeah. She's okay because she can come over and she gets the, the, the snuggles and the love. But, uh, right. no, that was, that, was, that, was, that was fun because, because honestly, I can't tell you how many times I've put Vicks Vapor Rub on my son's chest <laughs> and his back and his feet. I don't think it's actually on the, the bottle that you can put it on his feet, but yeah. that's... Maybe that's like an old wives' tale or something, but we do that. It works. Uh, yeah. Hey, listen. Whatever gets you through the night uh, with a child. Right. That, that's the exactly. bottom. That is the bottom right. line. You know, sleep is <laughs> right. is crucial. Certainly in a in a gig that like the one that you have. Hey, Drew. Thanks right. for the time. I appreciate you catching up with me here on Saints Cam, and I look forward to the next one down the road. All right, Rich. Thanks, man. You bet. That is the one and only Drew Brees. Now with a touchdown pass in 36 consecutive games, the NFL's longest active streak, tied for second most all time with Brett Favre joining us on Saints Camp. Thrilled to now have on the Rich Eisen podcast, uh, presented by Bud Light, Jim Mora of the Coaches Show, of Fox Sports, of NFL Network fame. Good to see you, Jim. What an honor to be here. <laughs> with Rich Eisen. I don't know if you and really... And the great Willie McGinnis. And the great Willie McGinnis. Wow. Good so to rich. see you, Willie McGinnis. Hey, this is the podcast. This is huh? the podcast. Okay. Welcome inside nice. my studio. Yeah. And uh, this is your first podcast in my in the studio, right? right? I mean, we've done it before. 
I mean, I'm just your dad. Thrilled. Your dad. Your dad has been here before you. Playoffs. That guy. That guy. That guy. <laughs> you, you guys do no, some movie reviews. Do you have right? any idea how many tweets I get each week? People saying, "When when's 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 senior coming back on?" Because they want to talk movies. Yeah. And I'm I'm what I'm doing is I'm waiting for the. Um, the holiday season movies to come out. You well, know Dad I mean? is in. Uh, he was in Jerusalem yesterday. Oh. He was in Istanbul a few days before. Is that, that right? How about that? He's What's traveling he doing? the world. How about him just expanding his horizons? He's expanding right? the globe. Age seventy-five. He's finally decided to spread his wings. Well, you and guys fly. didn't. You guys go to uh, Iraq? Yeah, Iraq this uh, this past summer, right? Well, amazing trip. An amazing trip. So yeah, he's a new world traveler. He's a new world traveler. Yeah, fantastic. Wrong with that. Willie, I've got some questions for you okay. about what's going on with the Patriots defense. <laughs> and uh, can you can you can you break it down for me here because right now uh they are the worst in the league. Right. In 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 and I'm not just that's not a figurative statement. That is right. that is statistically backed up right now and no one would ever think that Belichick shopping for the groceries and how his ability to coach people up <laughs> right. would be in this position. <laughs> Are, are you well, – how can you assess this for me? Can you, please? You know, in, in talking to some of the guys there and, and seeing what's going on with that defense, they are bad in the backfield. And they've gotten rid of, rid of some, some veterans. And uh, they got some younger guys back there. And they kind of look at it, and it, if, you, if, you, if you make sense of it, rebuilding. They knew that this – team is going to be driven and ran by the offense for the next couple of years, you know, dating back to a couple of years. They haven't been great for the last few years. So right. uh, this team's ability to play situational football, which the Patriots are accustomed to doing well and stopping people when it, it, it needs to has been only as good as the offense has been going. You know, Tom Brady's best defense, keeping that off that defense off the field. Right. And now that teams are figuring out how to get Tom Brady off the field and putting more pressure on that defense, certain little things as far as the maturity and guys knowing what to do and just the the overall um being able to play great situational football and stop people isn't happening. You know what I always thought that they were a team that was so smart. On defense, and so we all know that Bill Belichick's a great scheme guy. Right. So he could come up with these schemes, present them on Wednesday, and by Sunday, because of the veterans, because of the maturity, exactly. because of the experience, they could incorporate those schemes on Sunday, and they could play well. Mm-hmm. Well, your schemes are only as good as your players playing in those schemes, right. and so he's still coming up with great stuff. But like Willie said, they've got some guys playing that are inexperienced, that maybe are immature, that haven't played in the league a long time, and so they can't necessarily conceptualize what Bill's trying to teach them on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and apply it on Sunday, and I think it's really hurting them. And and when it gets to that point where those guys can't pick up schemes, you know what Bill does? He throws it all out, and he goes basic. Which is smart. That's what you do right. if you're a good football coach. You, you go basic, and it just seems like even when they go basic, they're not measuring enough to some, you know, to some of these offenses that they should be stopping, or maybe we assume they should be stopping. I mean, if you look at what they've done, they released Biden, uh, they got rid of Sanders, Merriweather. So Chung was a special teams player who's now in the starting role. Um, Mayo's probably the only experienced, like really experienced middle linebacker out there, and all your all your experience is along the front, and they don't really make the calls or dictate what happens with that defense. You know, the, the leadership is starts with the, the linebackers which is a new defense for them as well this year, the 4-3. And uh, 
you got to have a leader in the backfield, you know, to, to be that general to line guys up and tell guys where to go and direct traffic, and it's not happening. So what's going to happen? Well, it, I like, mean, they play the Jets this week, and, it, and yes. they could they could finish up this week in third place in the, in the division very easily oh. and at 5 and 4 which is a mediocre record that you never hear before now of course they could get their act together and be yeah. 6 and 3 in the top of the division but w- what what do you think about moving forward cuz it doesn't seem like this thing can get fixed mid-season no it's not it's not going to get fixed but the players you know like you said we all talk about bill and how great he is but you still got to have those players it's all it's a player driven league you have to have those players to go out there <laughs> Trust me. I, I, you know this you got to have those annoy, players yeah we all want to say the coaches are geniuses coaches are geniuses when they've got great quarterbacks and they've got great right. players surrounding that quarterback, playing on the other side of the ball. That's when you become a genius. There's no genius in this league. They have to carry out the assignment. <laughs> you know, they have to carry out the assignment. So he, the schemes are all great, but it doesn't matter if the players can't go out and execute. I mean, if you watch that game against the Giants, if, if you look at the situation that was going on, you got White jumping towards the line like he's about to attack the run. If you look at that, you got to understand, okay, there's no timeouts. Mm-hmm. You got this tied in. You gotta, you know, you gotta read your reads first. You gotta be, have good anticipation. You have to know situational football. When we were there, and I, you know, I hate going back and forth when we were there, but we talked before they came out of that huddle. We'd be like, "Hey guys, no timeouts. You know, uh, this is look out for this formation." Everybody was chatting and talking in the huddle of what to look for. To just even if you knew what to do, you were just making sure everybody was on the same page. And it just doesn't seem like everybody's on the same page. These players aren't like uh, McCordy, and some of these players are pretty good players. It just seems like they're getting beat on simple things. Well, here, here's what I think, and not to steal your podcast from no, here. No, 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 this is great. But, Please uh, go for it. You've got your own podcast, I know, too. I know, I do, the Coach's so. Show podcast. Yes, I think that we're rated just a smidge ahead of you. No, no, whoa, no, it's all good. Absolutely not. We're not, not we raise all, no, 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 we're not all in, boats. We raise all boats here in the same In the same stratosphere. But please, have your Well, I think Willie brings up a tremendous point, and and – you know, I've been a defensive coordinator in this league for a long time, and I've had veteran groups, and I've had very young groups. Right. And there's a tremendous amount of difference between those groups because when you're dealing with a veteran group that understands how to play football, understands, like you say, situational football, mm-hmm. has a great understanding of the concepts that you are trying to apply defensively, then your focus before a play or even as you prepare during the week can go to your opponent. Okay, right. what do they like to do in certain situations? Right. And during the game... You, you you know your defense inside and out, and you know the guy playing next to you inside and out and how exactly. he's going to react. So you're not worried about what you're going to do. So some of your focus goes on, okay, how are we going to defend what they're about to play? When you're a young player, you're just trying to figure out where you're supposed to line up, what you're supposed to do, and the last thing you think about is what the game situation is or what a formation might mean to you and how it's going to affect you or what tendency that might indicate that an offense is going to try to do. And so you're always behind in the down. And that's the problem with playing with young players. And so that's why Bill goes back to basics because he says, okay, I can't get complex with these guys because if right. I do, I hamper their ability to play fast and play free. And it's a really a frustrating thing. And 
I was lucky when I was in San Francisco when we made the transition from the Kenny Nortons and the Chris Dolmans and the Kevin Greens and the right. Dana Stubblefields and the Merton Hanks and, you know, some Rod Woodson to young guys. We had some really talented young guys. I mean, really talented young guys. But you still had some veterans sprinkled in, We sure right? did. We had, you, want, you had to have one in each room. Right. Well, Especially have, on they, defense. They've got Wilfork, right? I mean, but, but he Wilfork's... Does, uh, he's in, he's, Rich, he's right by the ball. And hit, I mean, he's either going to take yeah, this gap or that you. gap. Right. And he, there's That's all it. this field behind him that has to be covered in a in a an organized fashion. He can't affect those guys back there, you know. And he can't when he's got his hand in the dirt and he's breathing on the center. He can't turn right. around and tell the he's safety making, what he sees. And 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 the way we used to run our defense, we'd have certain checks off of different formations. Well, he's you got guys that give a call and get a call. Well, he always is the guy that get the calls. Yep. You know, the linebackers we line him up, we tell him where to go. And that's what he does. You don't expect anybody on that front line, mm-hmm. you know, with their hand in the dirt to make a call or make adjustments to do that. You, you usually have your safety or your middle linebacker to do, to do that. And, and back when we were there, yeah, you had young guys like the young Asante Samuel, but you would have a Rodney Harrison back there with him and, and a Tyrone Poole and a, and, a, and, a law, and a law. And you might have a young Seymour, you know, there, but you had – Vrabel's right next to him, and you had myself against a Ty Warren, a young Ty Warren, but you had me right next to him or a Brewski or a Ted Johnson. So there was young guys, but there were other veteran guys that are around, but now you don't have that. You know, not from the linebackers all the way back. All your veterans got their hand in the dirt, right? and it's not their responsibility to make those calls. So now if you look at what he's doing, he's rebuilding that defense. He's trying to figure out, okay, which direction – I got to play off of my talents. These guys are not three, four guys, so we got to switch to the four, three. And what? you have to play off of your talents. And now, who, which guy is going to be that guy to get guys lined up? Sanders is gone. He was that guy. He was that guy back there. He's now in Atlanta. Get guys lined up. He knew every position on the, on the defense. He knew what to do. He was a solid kid. He could play well, but he was very smart, and he can get people lined up. And he recognized situations. And formation. So who's the guy currently that, that Belichick's trying to coach up to be I'm not Sanders? sure. I'm not Does sure. He have I, that guy on the team? I, I don't think he has that guy in the backfield right now. Wow. I don't think he has that what guy. Is, uh, what is – excuse me if you don't mind. I, I, I've got a few more questions <laughs> yeah, for Willie. Okay. I'll just sit <laughs> over what, here. What is, what is Brady thinking? I mean, because he's so controlled in front of the media. And, yeah. and he is – he just keeps stuff to himself. I mean, when he's in front of the media – but here he is seeing what's going on on the other right. side of the ball. Right. Probably thinking, I've got to make more plays. I've got to be the guy to help cover up some of that stuff and put more points on the board. And and then he, Ocho uh, seems to be of, <laughs> of, of little use to him right now. Right. What, what is he thinking, do you think? Well, Brady is a competitor amongst all competitors you could ever think of. I mean, he comes in on his off days and he studies – and he knows every defense inside out or whatever. And his mentality right now is, yes, I understand we're a little weak at defense, so I'm going to have to score more points. But within that system that they talk about, they always preach that everybody just do your job. Don't try to do more than what you're supposed to do. Stay in the confines of your position and your job and just do your job and everything else will work out. Well, Things are breaking down outside of that. Everybody's not doing their job. Now, Brady is one of those leaders where he's going to try to figure it out and he's going to say, hey, if we're not, if we're scoring 30 points and that's not enough, how could I score 40? 
which is good. You want that out of your leader. But if you're not driving the ball 80 yards and consuming mm-hmm. the play, you know, the the, play, the possession, you know, and you're not and you're not keeping that defense off the field and now defenses are figuring out what's going on over here a little bit and everything doesn't go perfect. In a perfect world, we saw that the first couple of weeks of the season. You know, the Patriots were controlling the, the time of possession. They were they were scoring a lot of points. The defense would just come in, bend but don't break, don't make too many mistakes, keep us on the field and we'll do it. But it's not like that anymore. Seems like the same thing's going in San Diego right now. Would you agree with that? Uh, Whether the quarterback is the quarterback's play isn't as stellar as it was early on in the season, yeah, and things have gone south. Yeah, I think he's of kind of pressing, and I think yesterday, uh, I think Sunday against um, the uh, Green Bay Packers, he had to press because he had to keep up, and you know they're missing some key players. But I, I think that's probably the case. I wouldn't put Philip Rivers in the same position or in the same stratosphere as uh, Tom Brady yet, but yeah, I think that's probably accurate. Wouldn't you slow down the game if you if, well, if if you're going against the Green Bay Packers and you know you you have some gaps and some holes and you're and you're the, the Chargers instead of trying to keep up with the high flying fast pace scoring all these points wouldn't you try to control it a little bit more to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field add that run that element a little bit but when you try to slow it down well, a little bit that would be the plan but they didn't have Ryan Matthews so I think that hurt him a little bit and but they even got if they situ- did though it, he doesn't seem to me yeah. There was a, a fascinating – again, we mention his name every week because he writes a fascinating column about a lot of grist from the mill, uh, Mike Silver's column in mm-hmm. Yahoo Sports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was quite a column that he wrote about with what was going on in San Diego, an unnamed Chargers source saying – it's tough to say, but he called Antonio Gates looking old and fat. Well, you know what? And, <laughs> and, that, they, and that they have not been able to replace LT. They might have stuck with LT too long. And and Rivers is just not playing as well as the first few weeks. It's funny when and you lose a couple games how three games the sources the unnamed down. sources right. start leaking out. But oh, I you've, think you've had that at, you've had that experience. We, we've all you? had that. Yeah, you look at Gates and he's not the same guy. I mean, he's running gingerly. He looks slower. He doesn't look as powerful or as explosive. Uh, he's still a good player, but I think that would be probably accurate. Is he still uh, hurt, though? I mean, that's yeah, the question. But that, well, the, no, but right. I mean, that that's what he looks like. Right. Whether he's hurt, you know, and it could be a function of the injury or it could be a function of the multitude of injuries that he's accumulated that have finally taken the effect on him. But whatever the case is, he just doesn't look mm. like the guy that would scare you in the past. Because in the past, that guy would scare you because he was so athletic and he was so physical and he was so fast and he had such great hands and he ran such great routes and and Philip Rivers and him had such great chemistry. You're not seeing that right now. Right. Well, I mean, it's interesting how you bring up that beating Aaron Rodgers, control the ball. Keep him. That's the best way of beating him is make sure he's not on the field. And so many people are like, it seems that now that we are at the halfway point, we have officially played more games than there are still left to be played, which is always a sad thing when that mm-hmm. happens in the NFL yeah. season, that we have reached the point, I think, in the national media where the story is who's going to beat the Packers. That's the story right now. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, after that win in San Diego, was asked about going undefeated. I mean, there were only, you know, seven in right. all, right? I mean, right. so right. basically the question is, is, is – Who's going to beat them? I think essentially is the question right now, and there ain't no. And uh, you hear Philadelphia, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the San Francisco Forty ers Why wouldn't they be the ones 
to be able to control the ball with Frank well, Gore. Hold on a minute. Okay, and, and okay. Alex Smith is <laughs> we only got guys two ready to fire off. We're ready to answer <laughs> your question. Okay. I, I mean, they, they hit people in the mouth. Patrick Willis, you talk yeah. about the playmakers that you talk about on defense. Yeah. They seem to have a compliment in that. Alden Smith is balling out right now. Mm-hmm. Why not the San Francisco 49ers? Okay, you I'm going to take that one yeah, first? I'll take it first. Okay, here's why not. Number one, uh, they're not going to be – They'll run the ball effectively, and and offensively they've they've got the formula to at least try to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. Right. All right. Uh, defensively is where I think they'll struggle. And I think they're a very good scheme defensive team. Vic Fangio, their coordinator, does a tremendous job scheming. You know, he's one of the more underrated coordinators in the league. My problem is, is I don't think they have enough guys to cover all those weapons that Green Bay has on the field. Right. And no matter how great the scheme is, the players – it's like getting back to, to what we're talking about the Patriots. No matter how great the scheme is, the players have to be able to go out and execute it. And not just execute it, but win when they execute it. Be better than the guys that they're playing against. And I don't see that as being a, a factor in terms of San Francisco defense, as well as I think they're playing and as good as I think they are. Well, hold on a minute. I'm not done yet. Okay. I'm not done okay. setting the stage. It's a two-part. Right. Two no, no, before you give your answer. Okay. This team it sounds like they're going to have a week off in the playoffs. As we look right yeah. now. Okay, because mm-hmm. they, they have a five-game lead in the division right now. At 7-1, they lead the division by five. I don't think there's any question they're winning the division. So that's a home playoff game for sure. And they have only played one game in division. The yeah. division that they lead by five games, well, they still have five games left to go. Right. So they could easily have a week off, right? Welcome in. Let me just keep throwing just some names out. They could welcome in. Uh, they could welcome in. How great would this be? The Lions. Right. Right. In week two of the postseason. That which would provide We'll some be drama. staring at the handshake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they could welcome in a team like that. Yeah. Just play that once and then have to go to Lambeau Field. Yep. Right, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's entirely possible. Or the Saints. I mean, that's we, true. You never know. You never know what. How's you never know. No, I get it. I get it. But to me, this is the way things are going. Why okay. wouldn't they be able to Frank Gore them? Frank Gore them. Kendall Hunter them every now and then. Alex Smith just dinks his way down the field, and they win these games that they just beat the Redskins with. Or I know, I know that. No, no, I know that. I'm just going back in Andy Dalton, but you know what I mean. What I mean is they they have been winning in ways that. Oh, they've that, done that, a great job. Okay, I mean, they so I'm sorry. I, I, I think I have made my point here. Okay. Why not the 49ers being the team that could that could slow the game down? Now I, I've I've talked about the 49ers, and I think it's a really good team. And I think their schedule is going to dictate them probably having that 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 first they round sure bye. Oh, they're going to get a bye. Yeah, they're going to get a bye. You think so? I mean, Absolutely. don't you think it looks like right? I now. see they win and they'll, they'll win all of their division games, and they like you that said, would be got, twelve wins, right? Because they've got right? five left. So let's let's give them twelve right there, right. and they're going to win one or two others. Right. I mean, they could end up. Yeah, they're on they're on Thanksgiving at at right. the Ravens, which I can't wait for that game. Okay, so let's make them fourteen and two. That's pretty. It could be thirteen special. and three, fourteen 13 and two, and three, right? Yeah, I mean, that yeah. for that that is that's yep. what they're looking at right now. So whatever the schedule, let's let's just say, okay, here's a team that's well coached. Here's a team that's been managed offensively, been managed to the T. There hasn't been any pressure on Alex Smith this year to come back. Besides the Philadelphia Eagles, where that defense we're talking about gave up over five hundred yards. Okay, that's the only game they had to struggle to come back and win that game. Right. But 
besides the Philadelphia Eagles, who wasn't playing well at the time. Now, you know, I've taken some heat from the 49er fans, but I think this team is for real. But what I don't know at this point Mm -hmm. is if this team gets down to one of these really good teams in the playoffs. Track meet teams. Track meet teams that can score. And this is going to eliminate the run game. This that, that automatically eliminates Gore. If you're down two or three touchdowns, the run game is eliminated. Say it. You don't think Alex Smith could? No, could, I'm could, not going to say it. Okay. I, I, you don't it think has Alex a, Smith, if the game comes down no, on his arm. I don't think I'll that's, say it. That's it. That's I it. don't think he can. That's it. I think that <laughs> but Jim that's Harbaugh the, has done a marvelous job. Right. Marvelous job of, like Willie right. just said, of managing this team. And but managing it, Frank Gore, too, and, by the way. Right. Managing everything. I mean, right. He's and, done a great job. But when it gets right down to being able to keep up with someone scoring points, I don't know that, that Alex Smith can do that. And I think Jim knows that. And that's but, why I think he's done such a tremendous job, because he's been able to hide that fact. Exactly. And you said it. Rich, you said dink and dunk. When you're down 14 or 21 mm-hmm. and you have to pull, a, let's just say, a Aaron Rodgers and come back and open it up and throw the ball 35 times and sling it, we just haven't seen that. Save the Philadelphia up, up, up game, but that defense point. was in shambles. When right, he they had that. problems all across the board with that defense. But I'm saying now that everybody's a little bit redefined and we know who which teams are, yeah. are going in what direction – we just haven't seen Alex Smith open up, or we, or we, or we haven't, you know, Jim hasn't opened it up that way. Now maybe it doesn't ever come to that. But if you're, if if you look at these teams, the the Philadelphia Eagles, the Green Bay Packers, the Saints, even the Giants, you know, teams that's going to throw the ball and that can score points. If you get down by a lot, the run game is eliminated. You know that, coach. I, I if you're going to ask me, and you're not, well, maybe you are. Ask me this question. What team, Jim, do you think can beat the Green Bay Packers? All right. Uh, is any, in, in any specific <laughs> voice? However you want to do it. Yeah. Uh, what team, Jim, do you think is going to beat the Phil- the, uh, the Green Bay Packers? I think the you almost said Eagles. it. You yeah, almost said it. I knew where he was going. I knew where he was going. But really, I mean, you know, I mean, okay. And I'll tell you. Can I tell you why? Please. Okay, I'm going to tell you why. Number one. They are figuring out how they're supposed to play that defense. Right. Number two, they've got three guys that can really cover. So they can match up a little bit to what Green Bay does. Mm-hmm. Number three, if it becomes a shootout, they've got the office, offensive weapons right. to be able to, I, I'm not saying match what Green Bay does, but keep up with them. Right. And then they're going to have to go to Lambeau. Well, Mike Which, Vick, by the way, Mike Vick did. No, I know he was the first. He was the first quarterback to do that in the playoffs. Mike I know Vick's with, not afraid of Lambo. You know, not, I know he's done it. I know he's done yeah, it. I know he yeah. did it with the uh, with the the your the, predecessor the, in, with in Atlanta. Dan Reeves in yep. Atlanta. Yes. The only thing that scares me about Green Bay when when you watch them play, and we we always says defenses they don't win championships, but they give you opportunity to win championships. That defense gives up. Probably their number one in the league, I think, now, giving up the most yards. Okay. So, but they're at the top in takeaways. So they give up a lot, but they get the ball for can you. I, can I bring something up, though, Willie? And I agree with you. But when you're playing. But I was going to take it somewhere else, take too. Take it. Though. Go. Okay. And I started to interrupt. Okay. I, I was going to take it somewhere else. Now, and we also saw uh, Rodgers get hit mm-hmm. four times. He got sacked four times and got hit a lot more. Now, when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, their style of play. They're not their style of play is going after they want you to spread it out. So Babin and Cole and all these guys can get after you. I mean, that's their style. When teams were mm-hmm. where teams were playing in physical, running the ball, going right at their linebackers, 
they wasn't playing well. But a team like the Packers that's going to spread you out and use those weapons, I think it with, plays into, they plays into their hands. I well, think a little bit. I agree, but here's the other thing about Green Bay's defense, and they've given up a lot of yards. But right. you made this point last week on no huddle okay. when we were sitting there together. Those are empty. A lot of those yards are empty yards. They're, they don't count yards because Green Bay's playing with a lead. And another team has to sling it every single down. And right. when you're slinging it every single down, you're going to gain some yards. I mean, you're just going to get some yards. They're empty yards. They don't matter. They don't affect the game. They just pad the stats. And so I think a lot of the passing yards against Green Bay are meaningless yards. They're, we're trying to come back. They're kind of sitting back in some of the zones, which they don't like to do. And they're, they're slinging it down the field right. and getting some yards. But they're not winning the games. Well, the Giants are in San Francisco this week. That's a good – that's mm-hmm. a that's a great Week 10 game that I'm looking forward to. And just the way you see things shaping up, you got the Lions at 6-2 and two, right behind the Packers, right? You've got the, the Eagles. Everyone's saying right now, okay, hey, they got a chance to beat the Packers. You know, they, they're, they're still behind the Giants, mm-hmm. right? Right? Yeah. So that's two teams in the East right there. The South is up for grabs. We spoke to Drew Brees earlier in this program. The winner of the Falcons-Saints game this weekend wins the South. I mean, somebody's going to be left without a chair that's a pretty darn good team, I think, in the yeah. NFC. And I think, you know, again, we're, we're only halfway there. I think that 49ers would be an incredible story. They would if be. The, in, a, in a year where the lockout was threatening the season, right? No one's ever going to do well as a first-time head coach in the National Football League without the OTAs and without the whole offseason, right? No one's going to be able to do yeah, that. Conventional Everybody's <laughs> throwing for yards, right? The yeah. whole free world is lighting it up. Except for San Francisco. If San Francisco <laughs> can go ahead and make this run, mm-hmm. that would be un. Believable, and I don't think anybody sitting here, and even though you could, we've sat here and say the Eagles have a better chance, and and uh, I don't believe in Alex Smith. Nobody's we're sitting here right now could say that's not possible. I think what's right? run? I mean, what's the run? What, how yeah, far how is the run? The Here's the run, run in. go all the freaking way no to kidding. the Super Bowl. Why not? Why not? They're hitting people in the mouth. They are right. They believe. They, they believe, believe right? They, Which oh, you they, know, as a coach, they, they, they that is a tangible in. intangible. They are one hundred percent correct. All if you believe, yep, yeah, absolutely. They believe. Yeah. They've got a running back that control the game. They've got a defense that can do the same. Right. Now the question is that uh, that that quarterback. I understand why not. Hey, well, you know what? Uh, they I mean, could. why they could? I'm just throwing it out there. They could. I'm do just it. throwing it out there. And conversely, do you know who the number one? Seed right now, the number one team atop the AFC is. I'm going to say that it's the Cincinnati Bengals. You'd be correct. Yeah, yeah. How about the that with a rookie. Correct. Now everyone's talking about the great job that Harbaugh's doing, rookie, and he how is. How about Marvin Lewis? Right? How about the job Marvin Lewis is doing with a rookie quarterback, a rookie wide receiver? Yep. All the changes and the turmoil that they had in the off season, having to put aside the distraction that was Carson Palmer, which he did a tremendous job of because he cut it off right. We said, Carson Palmer is retired. He's not part of this team. Andy Dalton's our quarterback. Here we go. Left it in the rearview mirror. Mm -hmm. He's done a tremendous job. If they get to 8-8, and which they will. Give Zimmer some oh, love. He should be the coach defense. of the year. Well, here's yeah, well, the deal. They're six Jim and, Zimmer and that defense. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. goodness right, sakes. They right, get after you. Yeah. Well, right now they're 6-2. and two. 
Right. Five and one in conference. That is a that is those are some gaudy numbers. Well, they haven't when played. You, they, they, I understand. Okay. They haven't okay. played the this Ravens. They, yeah, haven't this, play, yeah. they haven't played the Ravens. They haven't played the Steelers. Right. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and let's let's even be conservative here and say they just okay. win one. They just pick one of those teams off once. Let's say the Ravens go ahead and sweep them and they get the Steelers in their house uh, one time there and and they take them out. Uh, that would be. I'm just saying that. Let's just say that. That's. that's I don't think it'll be a sweep. That's though. seven wins. That's right. seven wins. Okay. And then and then you give them even just give them the rest. Give them the rest. That's seven. They could have be a ten win team, a a playoff team. Right. The question is at what point, at what point, can we say because we've been saying why not the 49ers legitimately for a month now. Right. At what point will you say why not the Bengals? I give every every team a chance, and I've said early in the week that. There could be three eleven win teams in the AFC North, like those. They could be three teams come out of, come in the playoffs, out of that division, mm-hmm. and somebody's gonna miss out. Somebody in the AFC East gonna miss out. The Bills, Jets, Patriots. Somebody's gonna gonna counsel each other out. You you never know, but it's a great story. Um, they're playing well, and what I like about them is they have that balance. You know, like the Forty ers mm-hmm. they have that balance, but. We've seen this kid come back and lead his team to victories with with this. We've seen him come out of the hole. His confidence, like they believe in, in they Dalton's believe in, arm. Him, in Dalton's arm. They believe in his arm. Now we've seen it early on with Alex Smith, and I like Alex Smith. I think he's a really good player. He's been through a lot of offensive coordinators. We talked about oh, that yeah. coach, and he had never really had a, a chance to settle in, but. You're talking about a lot of other really good quarterbacks and offenses mm-hmm. in that division, mm-hmm. too. Right. You know, we're talking about Drew Brees and the Saints. They're not going to go away. Cincinnati's got to play the Rams. They're, they're playing the Rams and yeah, the Cardinals. They play the, Rams, they play the West, Cardinals. right? They, 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 they lost San Francisco, right? They crushed Seattle. Right. Can now they, they so so again. But who did the Rams just uh, beat? Until, who did the Rams just the beat? The Saints, I know. Until un- <laughs> when will you say, why not the Bengals? When will I, you say I, that? No, I'm not. Are you I, already saying? I'm the one who brought it up. You, you said. No, I asked you. I recognize it. I think. I, I think right. that the Bengals are right. a legitimate contender. Mm-hmm. Aside from the fact that I always am wary of a rookie quarterback. You mm-hmm. know, that's one thing that scares me. But with mm-hmm. what Willie brought it up, Mike Zimmer and that defense are—they're doing some really great things. Right. You know, and they're—they're right. they're running the ball well. They're safe with the football in the passing game. You said it. He's been able to bring them back, throwing the football. Benson, I'm, I'm not. Well, I'm not discounting yeah. the Bengals okay. at all. So what, I need to see them. I yeah, need to see them beat either Baltimore or Pittsburgh. Just I, one of them. Go, if they can get both, they need I need to see them beat both. Get both. I think they need to split. I just want to see them compete. Split that. I think they do. I just want to see them compete. I just want to see how they're going against two really good defenses. I just want to see how they're going to make adjustments and they're going to react because Pittsburgh. Is going to come in and say, hey, we're at Pittsburgh. We're going to impose our will. Ray Lewis and the Baltimore Ravens, they're going to come in there and say, hey, this is our division. We're going to win this division, and we, you got to go through us. So these teams are coming in with a little bit different attitudes, right. and they're going to play them a little different. I just want to see how the Bengals will react. Now, I know they're not sitting over there shaking in their boots scared that, hey, we got to, we're in this division, but you still have to go out and play the game. I want to see how they're going to react. So if they can split, if they can beat these teams one apiece, right. 
It's in the air. Same sort of yeah. attitude the Jets had going into Buffalo, saying, yeah, this is our division. Exactly. We're going to impose our will. Uh, in the few minutes I have left, and give me the AFC. It's completely wild. With one 92-yard drive, Flacco uh, changed the entire narrative of the conference <laughs> and also his potentially his career arc, let's be honest, with just one 92-yard drive right. on and Sunday night. And maybe the way the Ravens decide to play offensive football. Maybe they move away from the smash mouth and move more to the— No, coach. Hey, no, now that's coach. How'd they come back and beat the Cardinals? Well, how have they been getting in trouble, though? How have uh, they been getting in trouble this in the guy, past? This guy, what he did well in college. I'm just saying, it's Putting something. An, they put okay. Anquan in the slot, and they made they a lot of trouble for a lot of people. If they don't commit to it, at least they know they can do it. So who? So who wins the AFC halfway through this? Can, well, you, can you give me one? Uh, yeah, I'm a Jets guy. You like the Jets? I, I do. I like the Jets. I like the Jets because I think they weathered that three-game losing streak. I think they had some dissension in their locker room between the receivers and the offensive line, and I feel yeah. like they healed as a football team. You know, winning heals everything. It does. Doesn't it? You know, sure does. The, they, Patriots, I, the Patriots could put them healed. right back in that uh, yeah. morass this weekend. I mean, they would sweep the season series from the Jets. I'm a big Rex Ryan fan, man. I love I like the guy. Rex too. You know, I'll tell you why. Because number one, he is an outstanding football coach. Mm. Number two, the players love him. And as goofy as he is, and some of the things he says, you know, you if other guys said him, you go, God, how can he say that? But he's so endearing because yeah. he's always got that great look on his face. You right. know, I mean, I just and I'm not typically a guy that likes coaches that go out there and and mm. kind of become the show. But the way Rex does it, yeah. I just think he's yeah. just awesome, man. Wait till you see Adam Sandler's next movie. I heard Sandler, about that. Yeah, he, yeah. Sandler put him in it as a Boston lawyer who loves the Patriots. How about that? Well, and there's be there's a bobble. I've seen the, I've seen the scene. There's a Belichick bobblehead on the desk. That <laughs> no, says, that, does that, he that, tap it? No, 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 no. <laughs> Sandler's character gets very upset and he throws something and hits the bobblehead and he says, "Hey." Don't mess with the genius. It's any way he delivers the line. I won't give away the rest of the scene. It's it's classic. So he goes Jets. You, I imagine you with your Patriots DNA to bring this full no, circle. No, I'm not. I'm not going to be a homer on okay, this one. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not going to go. Who do you think Patriots. in the AFC? Um, if if I could see that 92 yard Joe Flacco Again. consistently, mm-hmm. just not. You know, I don't need him to throw for 500 yards a game. I just need him to manage the game and not turn the ball over and not make mistakes. With the defense they got and and these weapons, Torrey Smith's got to come along. You got Bolden. You got these two tight ends, Pete and Dixon. You got Ray Rice. I mean, balance-wise, I think this is the most balanced AFC team across the board that's playing to up into that now. But Flacco has to be consistent. If he can be consistent and play the way he played the other night, I think – the Ravens. I love about the Ravens is I love their mindset. I like tough-minded teams, and I don't think there's a tougher-minded team in the NFL than the Ravens. Don't tell Pittsburgh that. I like them too. (laughs) John Harbaugh, I mean, he's just, he's He's like his bro. I mean, they're 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 obviously cut from the I'd same. I'd like to see right that. I mean, I can't. Well, you'll see it on NFL Network. I mean, John Harbaugh uh, after the game, I read in uh, the Baltimore Sun was very upset before Flacco took the field for that 92-yard drive really? that the Heinz Field scoreboard put Roethlisberger's uh, stats up next to Flacco's, and the place goes crazy. And the song that they play uh, is Leonard Skinner's What's Your Name? Wow. wow. You know, and then one of the lyrics is, you know, little girl, watch, you know, and the place went nuts. And Harbaugh caught that, was livid about it. Has anyone and found just, out? What I mean, the like, you know what I mean. Scratch on. Well, the I guess the, he and Flacco were were going at oh, it. They were they were horsing ble- around. He was bleeding from no, he's bleeding because he was celebrating so hard he cut his chin oh, on no. Sunday <laughs> night. But but the under the eyes, he and Flacco were horsing around. 
And that was after the the loss against Jacksonville. And I said on game day morning that it was the most meaningful connection Flacco had made all week. And people were blowing <laughs> me up on Twitter. Oh, you hate the Ravens. I'm like, no, I, I mean, it's just, you know, don't shoot the messenger. But hey, but Flacco looked superb. He was great yeah. on third down. That 92-yard drive, I think it changed the narrative of maybe of the conference, his career, everything. And, oh, and before I let you go, did you notice when he was recounting the Bengals wins he mentioned the Seahawks. He gave a little. They crushed the Seahawks. You notice he really. <laughs> well, I didn't say. You that, notice he really no. laid. Did you notice he really laid on that one. Did you notice that one? No, that that was just your no? imagination. Really? I don't know. I'm oh, a you seem to have guy. certain relish in reporting that final no. score. And... No, what are they? Two and six. <laughs> Who's counting? Huh? <laughs> Who's counting? Jim, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Please download the Coaches Podcast with Jim Mora and uh, Brian Billick. NFL.com slash podcast is where you can find it. Also, the No Huddle Podcast that you'll be on this week as well, correct? Yeah. Willie McGinnis, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Rich. You bet. That's Willie McGinnis and Jim Mora on the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Bud Light. All right, let's talk Thursday night football now. Sixth season of Thursday Night Football here on NFL Network. San Diego hosting the Oakland Raiders 4-4 against 4-4. The Chiefs are also at four and four, hosting the three and five Denver Broncos. So the AFC West is wide open, up for grabs, and NFL Network has the kickoff of Week Ten in San Diego. Many of you will be downloading this after that game, um, so clearly uh, we won't be talking about it at length. But what we're going to do is talk about Thursday Night Football and how we put it together, and, and what you should expect from the broadcasts. And joining me now on the podcast once again. A good friend of mine, known him for years, and he is the senior producer now of Thursday Night Football here on NFL Network. Yeah. Bartia Shiraz, good to see you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. I don't know what that title means. It's just I think it's just you're you're older than all the other producers. No, 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 like no, no. It's I get it. into movies cheaper by with that title. Well, we'll be talking about that in a minute with, with Jim <laughs> oh, Moore Senior because uh, your name came up last time uh, Senior was on the program. But I I just no, it's it's a it's a it's a great title. You deserve no, it. it. Is. It's good. You deserve it. It's you great. deserve it. The, the show would not be nearly as good. I appreciate Without you it. in the truck and, and your your ability to deal with all the personalities. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna use that quote and see if that applies on Friday morning. You should you should because I'm sure it's always good and and I always love your 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 Pat Riley quotes that you text all of us. <laughs> sure. Usually I, is it is it because again my memory is a little bit hazy on this. You always text it before or after. And I text it before. before. Texting a quote after is defeating the purpose. Well, I mean it is it it's you always text us afterwards. It's, it's a mass text, I think. That's right? the mass text. That's the mass text. Some hey, I good show, off, everybody, yeah. or whatever. Some you know. I want off to mooch, like uh, you, you know, right. can't sleep, want to play checkers. Or, <laughs> yeah. But why Riles? Why? 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 He's a big Pat Riley guy. He's like yeah. the ultimate motivator, as far as I'm concerned. Is that right? To get up there after they won a championship mm-hmm. in, I think it was '87, mm-hmm. and at the parade, say. I guarantee we'll do it again. And then I love how he looked at he yeah. looked at the team like yeah, and the team I did was it. pissed. I did it. The team's like, what are, you, what are you? What you not? So, so you you'll guarantee after this Thursday that we'll we'll have a, as as good a show. I will. Perform. These are not Rex Ryan guarantees. But I, I remember the first season six years ago, Thursday Night Football. You were you were on the set with us. You were you were our conduit between us and I guess Eric Weinberg was yeah, in the truck, Eric right? Weinberg our our executive truck. producer. Right. Was in the truck because he had to be in the chair. I mean, that was our big, that was our big, 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 big moment. Absolutely. When we were, it was Kansas City against Kansas Denver. Kansas City, Denver. Right? Pat yeah. Bowen strolling around the parking Absolutely. lot, you know. And, and Cutler is reported that would be the last start that's for right. uh, Shanahan, right? Who was the, uh, who was the quarterback for the Broncos? It wasn't Plummer. Yeah, it was Jake Plummer. Oh, it was Plummer. And Cutler was going to succeed him the following week. Right. That was all the buildup leading to that game. Right. It was Plummer. 
That big Thanksgiving night game. That was. And Schefter broke it. Schefter Remember broke that? It. Yeah. And ever and, and Bolin was looking for Schefter <laughs> in the parking so lot. It was great. That's right. Now I remember great. that. And and so you were on the set with us with the headsets on. Sure. Talking to everybody uh, in the truck for us, just in case the communications went down, or you want to make sure, hey, in this segment we're doing this. Now right. you're now you're the one in now the truck. Now I'm the one. And uh, man, that was so much fun. That, that it was first fun. Season. That was great. Uh, My favorite moment was the black hole. Right. <laughs> that with, was a great with one. Dion. That was a great with one. Dion. Because people were screaming. We had a net between our set. This was this was the Saturday night game of of the Chiefs. Chiefs Raiders. At Raiders. We had the Chiefs twice that first year. Right. Okay. Chiefs at Raiders. This was two days after Schefter had announced, had reported the, the that famous show moment. Would get fired. Right. Rumor monger was the rumor monger. Yes. Out. Mr. Davis, may he rest in peace with a classic Al Davis uh, press release, all caps. Right. Right. It was an all caps. It was tremendous. And calling, uh, saying uh, Adam Schefter is a false rumor mongerer. <laughs> Bought him a trip all the way out to which uh, was his birthday. He was, was planning birthday. on seeing fortieth birthday. Right. He right? was planning on going home for his birthday. Does that mean Schefter's forty six? That would be correct. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Getting no, old. He is. No, he's not. That must not have been his fortieth birthday. It was his birthday. I don't know. It no, that was his fortieth birthday. birthday. Was it? Yeah, he broke that story on his birthday. There's no any... way Schefter's forty six. I'm forty two, and I was just one year behind him in college. There's no way. We we'll got to get on that. We got to get on that. But anyway, it's he, mathematics. He. I uh, just remember we're we're there, so we're all. We're all the scorn of the black hole, and we're right next to it. Oh, it was crazy. And you were standing next to the yeah. net, right? And it was my birthday, too, that day. That was your birthday, too. And everyone is yelling every obscenity possible at everyone involved, whether it's the stage manager, Dion, you, Marshall, me. Gumble came. He got it. He, oh, of course Collinsworth he got it. Got Collinsworth it. got it. We were it. all getting it. We were all getting it. And my favorite moment was Dion was getting screamed at, left and right, up and down by one right. guy. You remember the story, yeah. right? This one guy. And uh, and so Dion wrote something out, right? Scrawled something on a piece of paper, handed it to me, to you, right? Which is exactly what I want to do: is go hand it to this <laughs> Yahoo that's been riding him for two hours. Well, actually, I think you had to pass it up to the guy. You 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 were the one who who was connected the net. the net, right? You connected the set. Dion uh, handed it to you. You handed it through one of the holes in the netting right. to somebody, and and we were directing you and Dion were directing where it had to go. Right. Did you know what was on the piece I didn't. of paper? Yeah, I thought no, it I was did. just a you know, hey, big fan, Dion, saying whatever, how he signs the autograph, yeah, with yeah. the uh, dollar sign, yeah, right, yes. yeah. And instead, uh, as he's passing it back, the guy was like psyched to get yeah. after riding Dion the whole time. He was so psyched to get something from Dion Sanders until he opened it up. And started screaming F yeah. you because it said Yo Yo Mama, mama. <laughs> Which is great because we had a big That's talk awesome. with everybody, especially Dion, like just ignore these guys. Do and he did a great job. Him. And right. he and cause you know, because De- I mean shoot, Dion's been heckled every day of his life. Absolutely. You know, in two sports. Absolutely. At every level of sport, right? right? Yeah. That was great. That was great. Uh Chris Law is charming and Schefter's forty four, so that was his thirty eighth okay. birthday. Well then he lied. He's 45 in December. So he lied. So he was 39. Wait a minute. No, it could have been 41, 2, 3, 4, then 5. Yeah. Yeah, there so it is. It was so 40. Birthday. There you go. Schefter's not a liar. 45. This just in. Getting old. Mm, we all are. Yeah, weird. So um, we're adding Irvin this year, right? Irvin's on the uh, on the set on site, yeah. which is going to be great. With me, Mooch, Marshall, you, Dion. Another Hall of Famer. The four, there was the four, it's been the four of us for, for six years now. Right. We're adding Dion. We had Sap. Sap was, was on us, there. The, the dancer in, with in the stars here. Right. In 08, he was on there. Right. And now uh, Irvin's on. So it's three Hall of Famers on the set mm-hmm. with you and Mooch. 
and Jeez. and who's back in studio? Kara Henderson. Is Kara Henderson's host, right? uh, anchoring the things down in Culver with right. Jay Glazer, Sterling Sharp, Glaze. and, Kurt, and Kurt Warner. Sterling and Warner. Yeah. So, so the same crew as last year. Same crew as last year. Ka- uh, of the analysts. Kara's in, in studio. I am on the road with everybody. And That's uh, Stacey Dales and Alex Flanagan are the reporters. Sideline reporters. Stacey Dales and Alex Flanagan. So it's a whole cast of characters. My gosh. Uh, I, I'm the shortest of the three, I think. Dales, hoops. It could, she'll post up Alex Flanagan, I think, right? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> I think they can. I think if we were playing beach volleyball with them, and who would go first? Hey, we're going to San Diego. Yeah, let's do it. You Top gun. Get that so your right. challenge, your your greatest challenge would be to get everybody in. You've got two hours, right? Essentially. Two and a half hours. Two with... and a half. Because, well, well, the, the, the half hour, you're talking about the pre-kick show. Correct. Right? There's a pre-game right. from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. And then from 8 to 8.30. It's a pre-kick. Pre-kick. Right. Okay. It's such a big show that there's a pregame mm-hmm. to the pregame show. To the pre-kick. Right. There's a pre-game to the pre-kick. Right. For everyone. I mean, we, we need to lay this out for everyone nah, at home. Eight, uh, so they're not six confused. to eight is right. pregame right. presented by Sears. Okay. It's the same sponsors last year. Uh, there's one extra sponsor, Kia Motors uh, Halftime ah. Show. Ah. Okay. We welcome <laughs> them to the fold. <laughs> welcome aboard. And, and, and who does the, who's sponsoring the pre-kick? Who's pre-kicking? Lexus. Lexus. Same people. Same people. So they liked what they saw last year. Why wouldn't they? It was fun. But for you, you've got to get everybody in. Got to get everybody in. And uh, that's the big challenge. And Mayock's coming to the set. Mayock's coming to the set at uh, 6.55. I've back-timed the show already. So, so Mayock is going to take us through the, the top of the hour. He will. And uh, Mike Mike loves talking uh, low-hanging fruit. and you No. Know, he, he just loves, <laughs> you know, are the Eagles he done? The Who's yeah. to blame? Oh, yeah, he loves is that Eli stuff. Is Eli an Eli quarterback? I mean, he – he was. Hey, listen, there's eight games to go. Right? That's what he said Sunday morning. I just watched the tape. I mean, Mayock's a tape guy. So he, he is. He is. He's the best. So it's going to be great. It's, mm-hmm. it's fun. It's a challenge. But it's, you know, I think we've got the best group of guys out there. Oh, better than any pregame show. I agree with you. And uh, and then and then, um, then comes the halftime show. Halftime show's a sprint. It I is. Mean, yeah. You know what? It's remarkable how, how quick it is. It's it over before it starts. It really is. And uh, the good thing about halftime this year, to right. keep people away from, you mm-hmm. know, going to get a, a Bud Light. Yeah. Sponsor there. Okay. Helping you out. Thanks, brother. Uh, is we're giving a trip to Hawaii. What do you mean? We're going to give a trip. We're going to announce how you could win a trip to the Pro Bowl at halftime. This first half? All eight of them. What do you mean? We're going to announce at halftime. Yeah. You will. Right. A password. That you would log on NFL.com or text right. the number. Yes. And, you know, randomly you get chosen to go to Hawaii. So there are going to be eight trips to Hawaii? Eight trips away? to Hawaii. Who doesn't want to go to Hawaii to Nobody. see the Pro Bowl in January? Nobody, right? Nobody doesn't want to go. <laughs> right. So Nobody that's what we're doing for halftime. So do I, what do I, uh, what do I, what do I get? <laughs> You're the deliverer of the good I'm news. The, that's it? That's it. That's, that's it. all. I, that and I could put my head on the pillow that way. Yeah. You're all responsible right. for getting I mean, someone to Hawaii. Now, when do you give me this information? I got to give it to you about five minutes before. Really? Because you don't trust me? Nobody trusts me? I mean, it's not like quiz show here. (laughs) It was on the other night. Was it? It It's not like quiz show. I mean, funny business. Okay. I don't need like Mooch's extended family getting a trip to. So you will be emailing it to me? Because again, I don't know about this. No paper face. Face to face. Handwritten, and then we'll dump the paper down. And, and, it's a and you put it you put it in the NFL network burn bag. <laughs> that's that's it? exactly it. Just okay. Like, um all right. So that's pretty cool. Okay. Um and how about this one? Do I do I do I do the uh with two minutes to go walk and talk on the field, telling yeah. you what's coming up at halftime and what's coming up in the post game? Absolutely. Show? Do I do that's that? still locked in. 
do I, can I, can I, can I please walk and talk? That's your discretion. No, that's not true. That's not true. One year I was told, stop the walking. Who told Don't, you that? I, I just, I got it. I got it filtered from person to person to person. Let's Don't try do the walking. This week, this, this week. I like, listen, I see what Stuart does. Stu Scott takes the two, three steps and lets you know what's, what's what. He drops the 411 as sure. he would like to do. Right. I want to I walk and talk to. I think well, actually here's, here's the problem. I think I did verbally say I'm walking and talking to hey, tell you, you what's it. going on. You mocked so it. So that's why I was told. Of course. Don't, don't so just don't mock words. it. Just, come on. So just walk and talk. Just walk and talk. That's fine. Right. But Half- don't say I'm walking and talking to tell you what's coming up at halftime no. or coming up. No. Not even once. All right. Here's, here's the problem. Maybe, I shouldn't maybe, even say it to you because yeah. you're senior producer. You're, you're, it's your job not to mock, to make sure that your host doesn't mock stuff. I won't. What I will do is I am going to walk and talk, though. I'm going to do that. Done. We'll carve out a nice spot for you to do it. I'd love it. Yeah, give me give me, uh, give me, me a nice wide berth. Sure. Cut me a nice wide sure. berth on the sideline. But you should really stick the landing when you stop walking. I will. To talk. I will. Just. I will. I'll limber up so I don't oh, cramp oh. up. I can't cramp up during that. No. Okay, so that's going to be uh, with two minutes to go or that'll right be, around that? Because be, it's every now and then. It's right before the two minute. It's after the it's two game. minutes. It's not scripted. You okay. Know? It's, right. it's right around there. All right. And then comes then comes the post game. Which I think is the best thing we do. I love it. It's it's great because uh, you're not really restricted to time. And it's you always get a marquee guest on the set. Like Peyton Manning last year on the set was tremendous. Yeah. And it's as loose as these guys I think are, have ever been. I know. And it's it's almost like you're eavesdropping in on a conversation. Well, you know what I guys. think it is too? And um, – you know, I'll, we'll toot the horn here a little bit. Um, over the six years, it's been many ways. So many players come to the set, young players for sure. They want to hear what Dion and Marshall sure. have to say. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that they want, like they they want to hear from Dion and Marshall how good no, how right. good they 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 fared. And um, also because Dion and Marshall, you know, have. They walked it too. Absolutely. You know, they can talk it. They walked it. So it's it's very free flow conversation because of that. And Mooch is the sweetest guy on the planet. Absolutely, he's great. Yeah. And Irvin will be great too because right. these guys all love Michael. Now how? But how? How's that going to work though? How are we going to all get a question in now? You know what I mean? Guys like, are how are we gonna, five guys? That's five questions. That's so five questions, and you know Irvin's going to throw one more in. You just know it. All right. I mean, so who, how do you? I mean, we we we've got a we've got I mean, a we a, can't map case. it out. You know, we can't of script it not. out. No, that's the beauty of the show is it's right. not scripted. One thing we'd like to do, yes. not to not answer your question, we'd like to take like a live tweet. So if someone has a question for so that's six, that's six people. But we want the viewers to be engaged. No, I know that. I know that. But that's we can six. make it happen. That's six. If you want me to give up my second no, 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 question, no, 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 no. Hey, here's what I'll because do. Because I'm a man of the people. I'll give questions. up my second. I'll give up my second question to the people. But it's got to be good. It can't. Be, it can't be. We can't just throw it out to absolutely to. What's your favorite color? At at you know Joe Blow <laughs> with hey you know. Nah, it'll be good. We we got it. They they've got to step it They'll up. They'll be vetted. The fans have to step it. They up. will. I pr- I, uh, I have faith in them. But everybody will I ask do. a question, right. and if there needs to be a follow, I mean, you're a professional interviewer. Thank you. I appreciate you saying I, that. I, I do. This? I do. I do it for a living. I mean, I do it for a living. So you know. Okay, and then so that's great. This and that's fabulous. the post-game show, and it's that's great. It. We usually get a marquee guest on the show. I can't okay. imagine why that would change. All right. We run the highlight. We look ahead to the following week. Some huge matchups this so week. So much fun. It's so much. I love that post-game. It's Just the, the fans. The fans are right around the set. It's great. You know what I don't like though is when we got to wait for the player to get out of the. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Uh, get, well, like you can't. You know what I mean? I'm waiting for the player to get out of the training room. No, nah, last this, year Michael that, Vick that, held us up. Well, well, Vic, Vic, you know, he, Vic got beat up in the uh, Texans. To his credit, the Texans, you know, and he came out, so we waited for him. Obviously, I was cold. 
Yeah, it, get, it gets cold. It's, you it's know. tough to ride the PR department telling them to rush the Can't, MRI because, because, because Dion wants to go home. It's not just Dion. It's all <laughs> it's everybody. Everybody wants to go well, home. Well, I love Dion, too. He did a great sell last year where we're waiting for Vic. You know, like, he I promise Vic is coming. He's like, no, he ain't. So he said, <laughs> on he the said, air, right? On the air. No, he ain't. I know. As the season goes along, <laughs> Dion, on occasion, will respond to you over the air. Yeah. Of course, we at home don't hear what he's responding to, no. but he will – If folks, if you're at home and you're hearing what is Dion talking to, who is he talking to, what's he responding to, it's you, Bobby. Right. It's you. Right. And Mooch, too. Mooch will do that. Yeah. Right. But I think just Mooch hears stuff in Mooch his head anyway. I just don't know what he's got going on. And here's another thing I love about uh, Thursday Night Football is seeing the the coach that's still in Mooch. Oh, seeing him oh, on the sideline. God. As soon as the – as soon as we – because some stadiums – let us stay yeah, on the sideline absolutely. the whole game, which we love to do. If the, certainly, if the weather is nice, we'd love to get see the game up close. We'd love to hear the fans. We'd love to see the reaction. At least I do. I know I do. And instead of going and watching it, you know, somewhere else, some teams don't allow that either. Um, it's thirty-two fiefdoms in the National absolutely. Football League. So, uh, but I love because Mooch will always choose the staying out on the sideline. Absolutely, every time, Even no question. Even if it's raining, if it's cold. And I just love seeing him with his hands on his knees, staring at the line of scrimmage. He has it, man. He yapping, yapping with the side judge. He still goes after it with those guys. Yeah, what just happened? Yeah, there? you sure he was in? You, know, you sure he had them two in? I mean, it's unbelievable. Why isn't Andy challenging that? And I laugh, I laugh when I see it because I love seeing that. It's just him being him. But part of me, you it, know where I'm going here. Yeah. You know where I'm going here. Part of me is like, oh god, he still has that. He enough. definitely does. But I think he likes it here enough. And I know his wife does. That he doesn't. He doesn't have <laughs> to. He I doesn't know. go home and kick the dog after a loss. Or yeah, anything. I know. And I'd rather have him here than on the sideline. Please, come on. There's just no two ways about it. But I just love seeing that because he does get his hands oh on his God. knees. He's so into He's it. bending over. He gets that look in his eyes. Yeah. You know, and he's listening to the broadcast because he wants to hear what's going on. <laughs> Sometimes it's not working because you know the folks in the truck have just humped right. it for eight hours and they're on, they go on right. break and somebody hits a button and you don't hear it and you it's, flip it. It's he's, neat. That's my favorite part of it too. And it's, what's also great is mm-hmm. sitting there with Marshall and Dion and watching those guys tell what? you what's happening before it happens. Before it happens, it's Marshall freaky. is Rain Man. Yeah, he they is. both are. They both are. Right. It's they, freaky. It is freaky that they just know somebody's lining up in this way right. and it's just like I. And the thing that flick freaks me out is when he, he and uh, Marshall and Dion call an interception before right. it happens. Right. You know, it is great. It's I, a lot it, of fun, it man. It is a lot of fun. So we got uh, we got San Diego at, at Oakland to start it. Absolutely. And we're in Denver. And I think Tebow's going to start that game. Good for us. Last week, we I asked that of Dion flat out on game day highlights. I asked yeah, that I also last week on the podcast of Peter King. And uh, why wouldn't he start? They thought, well, back last week, uh, before last the Raider week, game, no about it. before the Raider game. They're like, absolutely, Brady Quinn's going to be the guy. And then we saw it. There's, I think there's no question it's going to be Tebow. It's going to be great. Even if he does and look horrible against the Chiefs. Well, we'll see. Because the, 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 the Patriots and the Jets play first. And the Jets are going to, you know, this is a nice. monster game for them. And then suddenly it's going to be a quick turnaround, go to the Rocky Mountain Air in a short week. Um, that, no, we that, a, that's fraught with danger for the absolutely. Jets, that game. But that's a great game. And then Thanksgiving speaks for itself. It Niners, Niners, Niners Ravens. You? You're awesome. Niners. How psyched are you? Can't believe it. I just spoke about that with Mora and um, and McGinnist, and I'm like, why not? The, I mean, we're we're well past the the why not the Niners. I, I mean, I that they're for real. I mean, no, I, no, I think we're well real. past that. Absolutely. Okay? 
but we're I, I, I'm why not? Why can't the Niners beat the Packers? And they're like, ah, I don't know. Alex Smith. There was one game. He's the only one in Philadelphia. Was the one where he had to come the from behind. Is tremendous. And Frank Gore to get after it. You're psyched. Fired up. Right. Never thought and you're going to see him on Thanksgiving. Usually Harbaugh versus Harbaugh. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We have anything special planned for that? We're uh, we're doing a big feature with them, with both the Harbaugh's and the father. And the dad. And then uh, Jack tr- Harbaugh, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And we're trying to get Dion to sit down with Ray Lewis for Thanksgiving. Excellent. So uh, we got a lot of good stuff planned. That's a good one right there. And, and we're doing and we're doing a, a game day morning from Thanksgiving too, right? <laughs> yeah, we are. And you're doing that, right? I'm doing that. Since you're... Yeah, why not? Oh, you're, <laughs> you're there. You're, <laughs> hey, that's why they put the senior in that's senior right. producer. Right? No, it's going to be good. Game day morning is uh, 10 to 12.30 leading up to the uh, Packers-Lions game. Mm-hmm. So... Why not talk football? As Mooch said, what else are we going to do? Sit in the hotel room and count the holes in the ceiling for those two and a half hours in the morning? Yes. <laughs> yes, we could do that. So that's going to be fun. we got a lot of good stuff planned for that show. Okay. And, and then we're... from there, we go to Seattle. Vic at Seattle. Ooh. I'll tell you what, man. I mean, and Mora just said it before. Everyone's like, hey, the, the Eagles uh, the Eagles are, are the team that could beat the Packers. they got to make the playoffs first. Yeah. No, they're in deep trouble. I mean, uh, they they are three behind the Giants. I saw that tweet last night. And two behind the Bears and the Falcons. That was a devastating have, loss last all night. All three of them have beaten the yeah. Eagles. Devastating loss for them. None of the tiebreakers in their favor right now. Devastating. They got to get on and by the way, And by the way, the, the Lions are in front of the Bears and the uh, yep. yeah. and the Falcons. The Lions. So pool. I'm just talking about Bears and Bears and Falcons for the last playoff spot. Wow. Um, and then after that, we're in Atlanta, right? No, no, no we're, no, we're, we're in, in Pittsburgh. The, yeah, Cleveland, the obligatory NFL network. Every, uh, Cleveland, by the way, Pittsburgh, we're there yeah. every year, right? I have a, a timeshare there in Pittsburgh. Correct. We is it, have we every have year. We, we have been in Pittsburgh every year, right? Or no, or did Maybe we see Pittsburgh one. on the road one year? I think we've been Not, in Pittsburgh every year. Always, I think we have gone to Pittsburgh like every year. Checking into that eating Permani Brothers know, on a Wednesday right, night, yeah, and it's <laughs> always in the middle of our trek. It's yeah. always in December, right? So it's, yeah. there's weather yeah. issues, and then we're you know we we've done the whole on the road. We have definitely not. Um, we have definitely probably not been physically fit no, for, the, not, for the month before, uh, and then that Permani Brothers always hits you. Yeah, get you. And the Roethlisberger gets you. The Roethlisberger. Mariucci sneaks those things into the stadium. Hey, don't, don't, don't throw him under the bus. Gail is going <laughs> to be. Uh, and then after that, we're, then we're in Atlanta for then our two-banger yep. week, right? Uh, we're Jacksonville, Jacksonville Atlanta, Atlanta. And then a great one, then Dallas, two days later, uh, Dallas, Dallas at Tampa. Tampa. Now that game, we're bolting at halftime, right? Not you. Guys you. Are- Me, you, Me, Mooch, and you, Irvin. Mooch, and Irvin are getting on a charter right after halftime to come do game Sunday day morning. morning. So we're about... going to like land here at 1 in the morning and then go Maybe right well to come, work. Come right to work. Oh, wow. And then our last game, which when it first came out, I'm like, wow. Going to be a great one. Week 16, the AFC South is on the line when the Texans are at the Colts. And they could be, we'll be Andrew Luck and our heads off. I don't know if we're allowed to even. <laughs> I was just going to say if we can talk about him. I mean, but at that point. Yeah, the cat's out of the bag. I mean, Andrew Luck's going. But at, at any rate, I don't know. You can't control these things. You can't. You know, you never thought the Niners-Ravens uh, game would be as good as it is. Could be a Super Bowl preview. So that's what we got. Hey, Chris Law, do we have the uh, the Jim Moore Sr. Oh, boy. S- set up? Because, okay, we got it. Uh, when uh, when Sr. was on, right. I asked him about the story you told me about. Because you've got you went to the movies with him, right? I used when to go to the movies, movies with him quite a bit, right? Which and, I don't know how, a lot about me. Well, no, you said that you said that um, you said that he snuck you into a movie, right? Yeah, Basically. he he instigated sneak. We were going to go see. Do yeah. I am I, am I blowing Please, the setup here? No, we when we went to a very romantic dinner at Houston's. <laughs> 
CNI. <laughs> Which, by the way, is is closing here in Century City. Is that what it happened? Is. It's closing. Yeah. Oh man. Same with the Hamburger Hamlet, which I took my son to go. I to. I love that place too. The Hamburger Hamlet's going away too. So Jim Moore was a little snappy at the uh, at the at the waiter at Houston's. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so that we go see the movie after mm-hmm. dinner, mm-hmm. and we wanted to go more see more waves. More was snappy with the waiter at Houston. <clears throat> he was a little. He was a little chirpy. Like what? What was it? You know, I, it was something like the salad was screwed up, or you know, like mm-hmm. I, I said, I said, I said dressing on the side. Jeez. <laughs> You know, what is it with these people? <laughs> really? Uh, you heard me say it, right? He's talking to the waiter. You heard me say it, right? No. Yeah. Oh, God. He's fired up. <laughs> so then so then we wanted to go see the movie. I think we wanted to see Babel. Yeah. Which is a bizarre movie. I remember. And uh, it was long, sold out. Two it was and a half, long. Right, it was yeah. sold out. Right. So we're getting in line. And it's, you could tell it says sold out, sold out on the mm-hmm, marquee. Mm-hmm. And I swear to you on my life. He says, here's what we're going to do. Just keep your mouth shut and follow my lead. We're going to get up there and we're going to say two for flags of our fathers, but we're going to sneak into Babel. I was like, it's really not that serious. And I, I haven't seen flags of our fathers. Yeah. I just saw it last week with Connie. Just shut your mouth and listen to me. <laughs> so we go up there and we're, he's like, uh, two for flags of our fathers. Meanwhile, he's giving me the old Mr. Furley tapping my knee. Yeah. So the, uh, yeah. the cash register guy. Can because, see. <laughs> like he has any idea. No idea. Just thinking, here's a guy asking for two tickets to Clint Eastwood's <laughs> new movie. So we get through yeah. the ticket counter. Mm-hmm. And instead of going to flags of our fathers, we go to you Babel. took two people's seats in Babel. And here's the beauty of it. We're sitting there and we're, we're early mm-hmm. and we're just sitting in these two seats and uh, it's starting to fill up and people are now having to sit on the stairs Uh-oh. for Babel. Mm-hmm. And it's about five minutes till the preview start. And I go, coach, I feel kind of bad. <laughs> and he goes, feel bad for who? I go, I don't know. This guy's sitting here on the paid 40. Yeah. He has no yeah. seat. He's sitting yeah. on the stairs like a bum. Screw him. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Screw him. All right, let's hear his take on this story. Let's give a listen. Barty had told me a story once that you and he went to a film. Uh, you, you know where I'm going with this one, right? You know where I'm going with this yeah, one? Yeah, I know where you're going. <laughs> you bought a movie ticket. You saw the film. Barty was getting ready to head to the parking lot. You're at the multiplex, and you you go ahead and say, hey, how about let's sneak in this other theater? And even though you hadn't paid for the ticket for it. Is that a true story, Jim? No, here's, no he, he embellished it a little bit. Is that right? Here is the story. We bought tickets to one movie. Yes. But we wanted to see one that was sold out. Mm-hmm. So we took our tickets. We got into the theater, into the complex, <laughs> and walked in to the movie that was supposed to be sold out oh. that we wanted to see. That's what we did. I didn't see two movies in one night. Bar- see, Barty, people embellish stories, you know. That's hard. <laughs> Yeah, blame it on the- uh, I made a. Bo- I might have botched the story at least, but but Jim Mora is mm-hmm. the guy. Just remember when you're sitting on the seat on the stairs at a movie that you paid for. Mm-hmm. Jim Mora is that guy. He's that guy. He's that guy that He's took that your guy. seats. Bardia, can't wait to go on the road <laughs> yeah, with you, fun, man. Brother. It'll be good times. Bardia Shoreas, the senior producer of Thursday Night Football here on NFL Network, uh, figured uh, we give you a little glimpse behind the scenes, give you a pop. You're great at you're great at it. Thanks, brother. I you're appreciate awesome, it. and and without you, it's not nearly as good a product way. on the air. I feel the same. And uh, so watch Thursday Night Football, and you get to know some of the people behind the scenes and what's going on behind the scenes. Let's get to Dennis Miller now. Pleased to have back on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Bud Light, a man who will be appearing with Bill O'Reilly at the Landmark Theater in Richmond, Virginia on November 25th and at the famed Borgata in Atlantic City the day after on November 26th, the host of his uh, nationally 
broadcasted uh, daily radio show, The Dennis Miller Show, in which I appear once a week as well. None other than Dennis Miller. How are you, Dennis? Good. O'Reilly and I like Minute Bowl and Bugsy, or Muggsy Bogues. <laughs> the oddest mutt and Jeff. We, we do mumming shots as old acts where they... we cry toilet paper rolls and stuff. Yeah, the moment, O'Reilly mumming shots I would actually pay to see. I'd pay <laughs> can harder I give you some kudos? I was sure. watching a podcast last week, and you can pass them on to Hank, but you guys killing me with him doing that. That semi Lindsay Nelson yeah. parody. Who is that character? The Jim Brockmeyer character, <laughs> um, which is something that Hank has been doing for years. Um, oh, it killed me. Yeah, man. he's in it, it, it. It's funny stuff. My favorite line that he said last week was uh, Tim Tebow has got all the. The fire and leadership of Ray Lewis combined with the throwing ability of Ray Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I, he must have had ten lines in there that sucker punched me. I was yeah. laughing my arse off. It looks like he's going to do that once a month, too. So Great, man. Well, yeah, it, 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 uh, it's a highlight. I can't, I can't wait to see it. What's the character's name? Jim, so Bro- Jim Brockmeyer. You Perfect. should look look up the Funnier Die video that, that, um, that really sparked it all a couple of Mays ago, May 2010. Um, he put the together a funnier dive video about how uh brock meyer's career went uh, south with an unfortunate on-air incident that was based on him uh finding his wife uh, in flagrante delicto oh i love stuff like that yes. anywho what's happening in the league you can't predict it can you I was no. watching watching the eagle games like it's <laughs> how can you how can you just uh lay out the cowboys one week and Unreal. then i don't know sante samuel and or uh uh, Asimov looked lost to me, didn't he? Well, Rogers Cromartie also. Uh, he was barking up a storm on the sideline with his defensive coordinator, and 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 this is a week after everybody was talking about. Well, they finally figured out with this green defensive coordinator how to play with all three of these corners at the same time, and then. Uh, of all teams with with supposedly a major wideout problem, it's mm-hmm. the Bears who come in and carve them up. And uh, I, I'll tell you what, uh, I, I am the only person in our, in our pool here at NFL Network where we pick games, of course, straight up. I chose the Bears. I just think that they match up well with Vic, and they beat him last year, and I thought they'd do it again in, in this crazy league where one week you're this and one mm-hmm. week you're that. And, well, and, good and it, call, man. I remember you chided me on that because we were talking, and I said yeah. I thought Eagles, and you said, hey, their Knights Cutler's the coolest guy in the room. And, I mean, you know, he's not Aaron Rodgers, but you got to right. admit, dealing with a sieve line. Although last night they bucked up pretty well. I don't think they let him be sacked. You're going to do that for the rest of the season? The kid's got skills, man. I know. It's pretty unbelievable. And uh, the Steelers-Ravens game. Uh, I'd love to talk about that with you. Obviously, you're a Pittsburgh guy, mm-hmm. but you you've been on record many times um, when we chat on your show and on this show about the the league rules and and fines and hits and things of that nature. That there there's a that, that game still you need you knew going in you need to have your head on a swivel. And it's a big boy. It's a big boy pants game that night, and it, and it certainly proved that. I'd love to know what your thoughts were watching that game. Well, it's like a Tony Zale fight. You might win, but you're going, you won't be able to lift your arms up at the end. You know when they declare you the winner, sure. right? <laughs> the refs going to have to lift your arms up. Listen, I uh, I thought it was a. Uh, 
a great game. I, uh, you know, Flacco, I don't know, Flacco, did he define himself? Like, uh, I, I guess know, there right? were more stakes involved with Elway going down the field against the Brownies, but you got a 92-yard drive, I mean, for God's sakes. That was unbelievable. And thank God he got the kid's head back in the game because I think the kid should have made that catch in the far left end zone. Yep, right. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't understand quite the the, uh, the coverage on the final play. But uh, And I'm a Pittsburgh guy, so it befuddled me a little. But uh, I guess you got to – it's uh, – you know, it's uh, you're not going to question the defensive coordinator over in Pittsburgh, but it seemed like they shouldn't have been up so tight. I would have had everybody back at the goal line, quite frankly. Yeah, and, and it, of all people in all situations, Flacco, I mean, at the time uh, before when he fumbled the ball and the Steelers seemingly had the game in the bag, and they were showing him on the sidelines, uh, I texted uh, one of our producers here that he did not look like a man, Flacco, that knew exactly what he would do if given one more chance in the game. And the producer texted back to me, he looks like uh, one of those eight-year-olds who's afraid to ask a girl to dance at a prom. Well, listen, and then, he, and he, then he, look what he did. It's yeah. unbelievable if you think about that. You know what it reminded me of? You remember when uh, there's these defining moments? I remember Brady in that Super Bowl, the first one, where you thought, well, they'll sit on this, right? There's yep. a minute left. And Belichick, who always surprises me, says, no, I'm going with the first-year kid. We're going to move it. We're going to na- hang strap. We're going to circumnavigate it down the field. Right. And all of a sudden, you're looking at Brady and saying, well, he's never going to be tested like that. And I know it wasn't playoff action, but the Steeler Raven game might as well be the best playoff game of the year. And for him to go 92 yards, I got to think he walks away from that with a really nice base coat underneath of residual <laughs> belief in himself. You know what I mean? Sure. I don't think he can focus on it in your frontal lobes every moment of every day. Then you become a narcissist. But I think somewhere deep down, Flacco faced the beast and won. And I think that's going to argue well for them. Meanwhile, the Steelers go to Cincinnati, which, uh, by the way, uh, is your one seed. Right now, through nine weeks wow. of the NFL season, when does Zimmer get a head job? He's got to get one. Right? That's a great question because that defense is is playing its head its head off right now, and yeah, they're and six the and looks, two. Uh, the kid looks smooth at quarterback. I don't know that Mike Brown. He was just being obstinate and it fell into his lap. But if he ends up getting two ones and that kid at QB mm-hmm. and Carson, he's he's a little dicey over there, man. He's uh, throwing some. Uh, you know, he's like Luke Lelouch before he found his Zen. He's throwing them all over the park. And, uh, you know, maybe Dalton and two ones, that's going to be the new Herschel Walker trade, possibly. Right. And, and, um, I, 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 are you one of those that needs to see a win against one of the perennial AFC North favorites to start believing or drinking the Bengal juice, Dennis? Nah, it's just the, the league's so hard. At the end of the season, you play 16 games, you count up who has the most wins, and I give that person respect. They could lose to the Steelers this week very well. The Steelers are PO'd now. But uh, it's such a hard league to win. It's mind-bending how hard it is. And at the end of the season, I'm one of those who believe you just count up the wins and they're all worth it and all the losses count too. And I don't try to figure out which ones they should win or not win. It is a long slog. And uh, if you end up with 10, you probably get in. 11, you get in for sure, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, last year, the, the Giants got 10, didn't get in. Um, and that's why I think the Eagles are in such deep trouble right now because they're they they have three wins right now. Yeah, three and five. You got eight games left. They got to go seven and one to have a shot that's not even a certain end. I can't say that. Uh, listen, Lashawn McCoy, by the way, closest thing I've seen to those old uh, Ed Sable highlight films of Sayers. Right, mm-hmm. that sort of move that. 
you're here, then you're here. He and Barry Sanders, the closest things to that. But uh, it's it's too, guess what? Maybe Mike Vick had his year last year because it looks, you know, there are moments it looks great. There are moments that it does not look great. But it reminds you that there's sinew to any team in any sport. You can front load your team with every superstar you want at some point. Maybe you have too many. Maybe you need a, a Scott Brocious or something. Yeah, you know nice what I mean? call, yeah. You need those guys, you need those to, guys. to throw it over to another sport. You need the connective tissue between the superstars. And that's what, you know, the Patriots are, are filled with those guys normally, you know. You know what I mean? Like, they, they're, they're filled with the connective tissue. Yeah, but then one morning you wake up and you see that, uh, you know, Albert Hainsworth is on your roster and he's well, not even playing. Not, and you realize, any, not anymore, Dennis. He's been cut. Oh, he got whacked? Yes, he good, did. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That won't affect Albert's day-to-day life, quite frankly. Somebody better tell him he's been cut because I think it's the same whether he's on the team or not. I mean, you know, get well, up for him. I mean, if he can't, if that—that's the death knell there. I mean, if you can't play for Bill Belichick and and they gave him nine weeks worth of playing for him and it, it, against the Giants, the, his last play. Uh, as a Patriot now, officially, was when Brandon Jacobs just ran downhill nine yards untouched into the end zone for a touchdown. Yeah. And then his number didn't come up for the rest of the game. And, so he was uh, gone in that moment right there. Pretty much. Shanahan's, I'd love to get your thoughts on this right now because it may reach the point at some at, at some point that he's got to throw his son overboard here. Yeah, he won't do that. I think he'll quit with his son. You, you know, think so? Listen, I'd, I'd have to imagine. I can't believe that it would get that weird that he would whack his son. But uh, I remember Shanny had an Albert Hainsworth moment when he let Dale Carter into the Broncos system. Listen, there are talents out there. I think at some point when you start to dilute your brand, and I think that's what Belichick has done with that defense to some extent this year, it does catch up to you and bite you in the ass. Now, I look back at Belichick's drafting list. I'll get back to Shanny in a second. Mm-hmm. And he has taken – he he with DBs over the last few years has been like Millen with wideouts. You know what I mean? It's like it, it hasn't been a great – maybe Chung sticks, but everybody else seems to be gone from the, all those DBs he drafted, and it's caught up to him. Now, Shanny, listen, I, I like I said, at some point uh, I, it would be tough for me to see him uh, whack his kid. <laughs> he's not that bloodless, is he? I know he's, he only has one kidney, but you've only got one <laughs> It may get to that point. I mean, that's what uh... – that's what uh, our information man Jason Lock and Forrest said on our Sunday morning show that that a lot of as you point out uh, dilution diluting of the brand that he has said I'm going to go with Grossman I'm going to go with Beck and and it's been it's been a horror show even though they did start three and one they're now three and five and and they they look worse than three yeah, and five at this point they should start Glenn Beck because that, John's not that would be I mean <laughs> a quarterback that sells gold or something like that right I don't I don't know well listen I don't know Rex Grossman I, I, I listen he's got a little Joe Cap in him to me mm-hmm. uh, if I was going down I'd go down with a kid like that who might go twelve for twenty five but somehow yeah it's the same thing I like about Tebow if you if you're gonna go down I love that Fox finally made the move where he changes the game a little uh, you know he it, Tebow might not be his quarterback next year but for God's sakes you got the whole winter in Denver it's kind of an interesting experiment letting him run that semi option or something yeah I know and, and Tebow's got the Chiefs this weekend then after that a short week Rex Ryan that's our second Thursday night game is the Jets at uh, at the Broncos and Tebow and it looks like after what Tebow did against the Raiders he's going to get that shot yeah well 
say this about Ryan and, and say this about the league in general. If you're going to have your nader and everybody seems to have one in the season, you're best off having it early, right? Yeah. I, I looked at the Jets a few weeks ago. I looked at the Chiefs a few weeks ago. Now, they had a hiccup last week, but mm-hmm. I thought, well, they're both done, aren't they? But no, I guess somewhere, if you can have your bad times in the first eight games, uh, and it seems like everybody has them, that you're best off doing that because the Jets, I don't know, uh, they're, they're back, right? Yeah, well, they're five and three. They win this one. The Bills are in Dallas. Uh, but if they win this one, even if the Bills win as well, uh, the Jets have uh, have one up on them because the Jets could finish this weekend in in first place mm-hmm. alone. Uh, by the way, in in the AFC East, and then the Texans are running away with the South. I don't even know what to make of them because they're just steamrolling people well, without Andre this, Johnson. They don't have Andre Johnson in the lineup, right? And they still <laughs> what, what, you talk about the Millennium Falcon. It's like Chewy hit the hyperspace because if you're six and three without Andre Johnson and Mario Williams, I know Williams isn't coming back, but you're learning you can play around that. But you put the best wide receiver on the planet Earth. I know Calvin Johnson has his uh, devotees too, but I, I think you got to say Andre for a little more longevity. You put him back in, wouldn't you think? But here's how weird the league is, Rich. You'd think that they would go from six and three to ten and three if you get him back in. But the way the damn league works, you can never tell on any given week where Carolina doesn't beat them or something. No question about that. It is really, it's the best thing it has going for it, that league, is that really on any given Sunday, nothing rings truer. You can see your team win, and that's what keeps it the, the favorite. There's no doubt about that. And and uh, the Colts, I'd love to get your thoughts on this because it, you could see this now that you even mentioned that hiccup that the Chiefs had that was at the hands of the Dolphins. They've got one win. I don't know where the Colts are getting one this year, the way that they're looking. No, but and, uh, how propitious for them. If they get Oliver Luck, they've got the next Peyton Manning. Right. <laughs> and you know something? Uh, right. if, I'm, uh, if I'm Peyton at that point, uh, you know. What do you I, do, I, though, though? I mean, you do have Peyton. I mean, and. If, if, what's he worth next year? Is it 25 Well, million? they can opt out. They can opt out. The, the Colts can just opt they out. They opt out then. That's you just really the would law do that? The jungle. You'd do that? If I had Oliver Luck. Yeah, I would. Well, I mean, if 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 Luck, did, I don't think anybody believes that Luck's going to stay put, and the, and the league doesn't really appreciate when we talk about guys who aren't have officially declared. But I think the rest of the world is talking about this whole suck for Luck thing. So uh, we're going for it here. Um, well, maybe if he's Andrew... waiting for a year to tutor him, right, so he doesn't get beat up. But all I, I know is this: mm-hmm. Curtis Painter is going to be back doing his one man play an evening with Kevin Green next year because. <laughs> <laughs> other than the hair, that's a good work one. For me. This one man play with Kevin Green. <laughs> I love it. That's is the, they'll be trotting the boards in Maine next summer. I'll put the Kenley players in Ohio. That's right. <laughs> Curtis Painter in Thor. <laughs> in an evening with Loki's brother. Where do you watch your games, Dennis? In your I spot? watch alone. In the, sit on a couch in my house. I can't watch games with a bunch of people. I've tried it. And it ends up everybody, I don't know, i got to settle down, get into it, especially when there's a game like that Steeler thing. Like I said, that's like there's a storm a-brewing, get the kids in the tater cellar. I want to sit there. I want to watch Ed Reed, Troy Polamalu, Ray Lewis, and Timmons be met. You know what I mean? Yeah, don't forget T. Sizzle, Suggs, too. That guy, he was talking up a storm last week. Talking about, he's a professor at Ball Ball for Hard University. You know, yeah, university. He, he backs and, it up though, Suggsy. I mean, he's got a lot of. Uh, he's a Rex. You know, you can tell he must have loved it when Rex was there because they both braggadocio. But he backs it up. And what about Lance Briggs last night? Speaking of, uh, you he know, was awesome. In the he was awesome. <laughs> The way he was running down Vic was awesome. That blew my mind. You could see Gruden got all yeah, Gruden. stoked up on that because yeah. he, 
he was going back to coach speak. I would tell my guys, you hit him till he cries. <laughs> I love it when Johnny gets all pumped up. He does. Was he? Who was your favorite coach when you were doing Monday Night Football? Brad Gruden was one was of them, he? and I like Monty Kiffin because Monty gave me the imprimatur. Nobody would talk to me at first because they think, like, what is this kid in the booth for? Right. And then Monty came up to me once somewhere in, in the lobby. You know, Monty played the lobby once when I sat with him, and he said, hey, you know, I, you know, obviously you never play, but I can tell you at least study. Good for you. And he sort of gave me the uh, imprimatur. So I always dug Monty. He was sweet to me. And Gruden was very candid. I remember I asked Gruden about a guy once. He said, you want the truth? He said, yeah. And he said, he's just a guy. He's gone when I get a real guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which killed me. It's the Serengeti plane, bro. Yeah, that's what it is in the NFL, the Serengeti you know, plane. Listen, those are the riches that you're rewarded with. You're, you're immortalized if you're great. You're well-paid if you're even just good and you're uh, in Circus Maximus every weekend, there's got to be a downside to that. The downside is it is the very definition of Darwinian, Matt. The moment you can't help them an iota, you're whacked. And I at least like the rules up front like that. In a miasma world where you can never tell everything's gray, the NFL black and white. You help me today, you're here. You, you hurt me tomorrow, you're gone. I'm gone. I know. And and um, that it, it's, just, it's, just, it's truer each week. I mean, each week it gets the same way. It's and and this yeah, Albert Hainsworth is a perfect example. Of yeah, that, well, know, listen. Uh, well, I don't know if he ever helped him though. You know what I mean? No, but if Brendan Jacobs rolling downhill at you, you've been brought in for one reason. You're the big guy who's supposed to take the big guy on your chest. If you don't want to do it, all of a sudden it's it's not even cold in Belichick's eyes. You remember when Kervin Richards fumbled twice in the first half a few years ago, mm. and Parcells just threw a body out. There. No, Jimmy Johnson it was. Right. Jimmy Johnson threw a body out the door. And he said, what's up with Kirby's? I don't want anybody fumbling. I think this will get their attention. <laughs> it's, it's brutal, man, but that's the juice of it. I know. You think kids want to get into it because they're in Reykjavik playing chess against Spassky? No. It's big guys careening at a high rate of speed on a billiard table. And, uh, you know, that's the juice. That is the juice. So uh, do you want to give me a half half uh, midseason Super Bowl prediction right now? Well, the Packers. Yeah. I mean, I've never okay. seen anybody play quarterback like that. He's unbelievable. I mean, forget it. I, you, He's know, I, you know, and the fact that all the other pieces are in place. Uh, listen, McCarthy looks like a genius. They jettisoned the fuel pod that is far of at exactly the right moment. And can I say this? As much as I dug Brett Favre, he never played quarterback like this. No, this sir. kid is on. You know what it is? It's like when Kurt Warner puts the butterball turkey down and he's knocking over the half leaders and the the thing and he steps in and all of a sudden every pass is right on Isaac Bruce's hands. You remember that? Sure. Or every pass is right on Falk's hands and you can tell this guy's just touched by God at this moment. Aaron Rodgers is there. These are not passes. These are long handoffs at this point and you're not going to shut them down. It's un, uh, you're right, and getting him off the spot is not the answer. He's more dangerous. <laughs> and, 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 Imagine that. And they don't even brag on his ability to scramble. No, that, but you're I, right. And it's just there. There really is no answer for it except uh, keeping him off the field. That's it. Just get somebody who can run it 35, 40 times a game and keep and and somehow make him make a mistake once or twice. That's how you're going to beat him. Yeah, and say this can. about the coaches: they play into his strengths. I'm watching the 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 uh, bear game, and I find it maddening. And I always dug Martz when I talked to him, and I think he was an offensive wizard when he had the greatest show on turf. He's never won it as a head guy, and 
that obstinacy of them saying that Jay Cutler would like to get out of the pocket run and March doesn't want it. I, was, I remember thinking, what do you mean March doesn't want it? What the hell does that have to do with it? Mm-hmm. That's the thing about Belichick you always like. He finds something you can do, and he lets you do it. And if you don't have anything you can do specifically, you're probably not on the team. Mm-hmm. If Jay Cutler goes to Mike March and says, I want to get outside the pocket and throw on the run a little because it's good for me, and March says, that's not my system, I don't think you have the right offensive coordinator at that point. Do you have an AFC pick? It's so difficult, obviously. But... Oh, well, yeah, I like the Steelers. and I didn't see anything the other night that put me off except the little, you know, uh, magic of football at the end of the game. But, oh, what am I saying? Uh, so, yeah, we have the Steelers or the Ravens uh, versus uh, versus the Packers. I'll I tell know. you what, with the Steelers, too, um, at, the, at the end of the game, they had one, they needed one more third, third down conversion. You know, one more. Mm-hmm. And they threw it. And it's just I understand what what it is now, and Ben is 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 great, and they they flung it fifty times a week before and beat the Patriots. But just part of me sits there and goes, "This is the Steelers wouldn't wouldn't they just have a Bettis type creature to hand it to and just hit you in the mouth and at least make you make you go for your last time out? You know what I'm saying? You're just right, like but, uh, it just it's this, a different it gets- day. It's a different day, different age, different team, different philosophy. I understand, but it's still strange to see sometimes. <laughs> Down to crunches, though, at this point, I'd have to say, as, as good as Flacco looked the other night, and I'm happy for him. You get in the playoffs, there's certain guys who look like killers, and Ben Roethlisberger looks like a killer. I mean, he's not always going to win, but uh, he's a, he's pretty. I don't think he gets nervous, put it that way. So it's a pick 'em for me between the Ravens and the Steelers, but I'd say it might be a redux of last year's Super Bowl, or maybe the Ravens in there, but I think that's where you'd have to go to those three teams right now. You agree, or where? No, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You're, I mean, the Jets could do what they normally do. Mm-hmm. You never know if they do get finally get a home playoff game. Yeah, that's Who a possibility. Knows? Um, the Texans. I mean, they've got those. The, ben Tate and, and Arian Foster can take the air out of the football. Uh, they got a quarterback who can light it up with a beast of a wide receiver, and even without Mario Williams. That defense, Wade mm-hmm. Phillips is doing a great job. That was one of my favorite tweets I got during the, the Cowboys-Eagles uh, game when the Eagles were destroying the Cowboys. I got a tweet that said, fire Wade. <laughs> you know, like the, he's their favorite whipping boy, and 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 he is just – he's an awesome defensive coordinator. I mean, you never know what the Texans I, – I don't know if I believe in anyone in the AFC West, which is a tough thing for me to say when I'm seeing two of them on Thursday Night Football on NFL Network, but uh, I, I don't know. I think you have to say after watching that game the other night, you're talking mm-hmm. one and one A between the Steelers and the Ravens. I think so you'd have to say maybe so. Maybe somebody else can wedge in there, but at this point, like you said, that was uh, that was fight club the other night. It was. <laughs> it was a fight club. I know. Thankfully, we get to still talk about it. All right, Dennis, thanks so much Good for calling. You, Ricardo. I appreciate it. That's... And Telezaria just laid me out. Love that character. I, I Can't I, wait to see it again. You're going to see it again in November. All and, right, and I hope to get uh, you back on the show toot sweet as well. Uh, anytime you want, man. I always have a blast talking ball with you. Thank thanks, you. Dennis. You bet. That's none other than Dennis Miller. See him <laughs> in uh, Bill O'Reilly at the Landmark Theater November 25th in Richmond, Virginia, and on November 26th at the Borgata in Atlantic City. What a great show this was. I want to thank uh, everybody who helped put this together. Chris Law, thanks so much. My podcast producer on the audio side. Also, Michael Hayden, who is taking over for Chris Brockman, who's on Thursday Night Football. I should have mentioned that to Bardia. He took my producer to Thursday Night Football um, for the moment. But obviously, Michael Hayden's crushing it, doing the TV version of the show as well. Uh, I also want to thank my sponsor, Bud Light, a... uh, the weekly fan camp information uh, is is up and out. New Orleans, 
San Antonio is a, Portland, Oregon, and Columbia, Missouri. Those are the four locations for the Bud Light fan camps this week. New Orleans. So that brings us all full circle. Drew Brees, want to thank him for being on the show. Also want to thank uh, Willie McGinnis and Jim Mora. Um, senior made a lot of moments on the show as well. Barty Ashuraeus, the senior producer of Thursday Night Football. We will see you in San Diego if you're downloading this afterwards. I hope uh, you saw us in San Diego, and we'll see you the next week in Denver as well. Uh, richeisen.nfl.com is the place for you to download the entire library of this show. Also see some neat videos, some uh, great pictures, some poll results as well. Uh, I'm going to be uh, tweeting out some pictures also and posting it on my blog as well from my travels on Thursday Night Football. Also for the Bud Light fan camp uh, information, you can go to the Facebook page for Bud Light. And also, please remember, you must be 21 years or older to participate. That's it for this show. Next week, two JBs, Jerome Bettis in studio and Joe Buck of Fox Sports will be on the program. Uh, That's it. Rich Eisen saying peace out on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Bud Light. Stay listening to 